Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Content warning, I have this here in big, large caps. This is going to be graphic tonight, a parental, well, it says my notes say parental guidance suggested. I would say parental advisory. Uh, this is probably not going to be appropriate for kids because we're going to be talking yeah. about really strong topics. Now, if you're, you have a teenager, I would say 12 and up, they should probably be yeah, in here because they might be struggling with some of this stuff. Kids, maybe even at their school going through it too. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, we don't want to hold back. And I told yeah. Marcella, don't, you know, I wanted to make sure it's as potent as it really needs to be because yeah. people are struggling and going through these Absolutely. things, but we will be talking about adult content and graphic content. So it will be graphic, but like I said, I want to make sure that we're really going into the fullness of everything going on here. You can leave it. It's frozen all good. Okay. So let's jump into this. This is Marcella. Marcella, how are you Hi doing guys. tonight? I am terrified, but it's getting better. It's getting <laughs> is better. Is it getting better? It's getting better. Uh, I'll, I'll, you're, just, you're such a natural at this that get, it's, it's calming me down. Get comfortable. It, it is the first beginning is nerve wracking, trying to figure yeah. out, okay, where am I going to look? What am I going to say? And, mm -hmm. But you know what? It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I heard your testimony a bunch of times, but specifically yeah. when Della Faye came to our church yeah. and I sat back there and I cried and Roy <laughs> cried and we were talking. We we're like, man, this is one of the most powerful testimonies literally yeah. I've ever heard. And here's why it's so important. Yeah. There's so many people watching that are struggling in silence, that are going through what you went through, and mm -hmm. there's nowhere for them to go. There's no one talking about what we're gonna talk about tonight. Yeah. And so we're yeah. here to tell you guys, like there is wow. freedom available. There Come is on. breakthrough available. This testimony is gonna give you a glimpse into what God can do in your life. Absolutely. So if you're out there struggling, like this is a story for you. If you have family struggling, then mm -hmm. this, is, this is raw, this is uncut, but this is the power of yeah. God. And so let's start with, Growing up, right? Because yeah. we're going to talk about a lot of topics of how you got to where you are now. Mm -hmm. By the way, now she's a worship leader. She's a woman preacher. She yeah. runs a podcast. She runs a deliverance yeah. map. She's a list of things she does, but you weren't always that way. No. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. But let's start with just growing up. How did you grow okay. up? How did you get to where we'll talk about yeah. later? Yeah. So first, hi, everybody. Hi. You're saying hi in the comments. I just want to say hi. Um, get those nerves out. And then thank you for having me on, obviously. Um, so just growing up. I came from a really well-to-do family, a really good family, actually. Uh, my dad was a military man. My mom was in medical. So growing up was great. Um, it wasn't until um, like middle school, high school, that these odd behaviors started to come out. Mm. But it wasn't, and I know I'm going to kind of go you know, forward then back, but yeah. it wasn't until salvation and going through deliverance did I realize that something that happened in my childhood mm. had actually kind of followed me all the way through life. And I'd never dealt with it um, as an unsaved person. And then just recently as a, a saved person. So, um, and this is going to be kind of hard to maybe hear. I know that my family might be watching it. My family yeah. loves you. Yeah. Um, and I didn't actually talk to anyone about it um, up until I needed to get delivered. Um, so when I was little, I was getting babysat by, um, a family friend. This is still so raw for me. Yeah. So yeah. I, no, no, you're fine. Um, you need to, it's fine. uh, I didn't realize what it was until later on in life. And I was molested when I was little Yeah. and never talked about it. Never told a soul. Um, it was my dad's friend. And so growing up, I had this animosity toward my dad, mm. but I, ha I have great parents, Isaiah, but I had this hate towards them my whole life. Oh. And I didn't really realize why I didn't want to be close to them until I started dealing with this 
through deliverance. Mm. Um, as a saved person, it, it started to make sense to me that I was holding something against them that happened to me that they knew nothing about. Um, but then you look at my life as we go, we're going to go through it. It makes sense. Like the, the behaviors that started to come out, um, it makes sense. You know, a kid that goes through something like that at that age, there aren't really words to describe what mm. happened to you, especially if it's a family friend yeah. or if you were never talked to about people touching you or doing things to you, you, you don't have a language for that. So you just, you don't say anything. And that's kind of what happened to me. I just didn't say anything. And I never, I never thought twice about it. When I was little, I actually had dreams of murdering the person. Wow. Um, as a little kid? As a little kid. Wow. I, I want to say I was around five or six years old. I can't remember. Um, and I would remember having, and I know we're jumping right into it, that's right fine. off the deep end. But um, I, I remember having dreams. And I, it's going to be kind of graphic. I don't know. Yeah, it's really fine. graphic. But Whatever. I would have dreams of like, you know, murdering him yeah. and then dreams of putting him in a place where his wife could find him. Wow. Because As I was like, a little like, kid, you're having these yeah. dreams. Yeah. Wow. I think I just wanted people to hurt the way that I hurt. And so, yeah, it just kind of manifested into those dreams. Um, so growing up, I followed in my sister and brother's shadow. My sister was 13 years older than me. Okay. So she was like a second mom. Um, and my brother and sister, they're very leader personalities. Yeah. They're very extroverted. They're successful at everything they do. They are incredible people, just like my parents. And I would be found, like there are pictures still of me as a child, and I'm like hiding behind a couch. It's just odd. Yeah, like you come yeah. from such a great family, and you just have such a weird temperament. Yeah. And um, I, don't, I look back at the pictures, and I'm like, why was I so sad? Mm. So kind of fast forwarding, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, going into middle school, we moved from Guam to California. Okay. So I was born in Hawaii, raised on Guam, came back to California. Okay. And in middle school, that's when these really weird behaviors started coming out. Because um, I was, you know, from a good, well-to-do family. My mom raised us in the Catholic Church, okay. actually. So you were raised Catholic. Raised Catholic. She taught us to pray. We would pray every single day. I remember every day she'd be like, don't make Jesus wait. And we mm. would go to the altar and and pray the prayers that she knew how to pray. Yeah. Um, this was an altar in your home. Altar in okay, our so home. We had an altar, we had in, your altar home. in our home, statues. Okay. And everything, um, but she really tried to instill in us faith, yeah. faith, and so and I, I loved praying, which was really interesting. So, kind of fast forward into middle school, I started having like a lot of self hatred kind of coming out. And this wasn't when self-hatred was a social thing. Yeah, now it, it's... It, right. Yeah. It's kind of culture, you know, yeah. okay to hate yourself. It's not, by yeah. the way. But at that age, I just started developing a lot of self-hate to myself. And um, that's kind of just where um, a lot of inward behavior started happening. So outwardly, really social, really fun. And then inwardly, like cussing myself out in my head. Wow. And I was probably like 10 to 12 years old when that kind of started. Yeah. And you're hearing cuss words. I'm just hearing like, I mean, cuss words and like how much I hated myself. It was it was odd because I didn't have any reason to. No one was talking to me like that. Yeah. My parents didn't talk to me like that. I mean, my dad would occasionally, you know, say some things. He was a, kind of a, st a, t a stiff man, but um, that. But then as I got older, I, I started cheerleading. Okay. That was kind of a big thing. Uh, your wife actually was kind of in the atmosphere of cheerleading that I was yeah. in. Um, so I started cheerleading kind of middle school time and that's kind of when the eating disorder started okay. because I wanted, I mean, okay, like terms, I, I wanted to be like a flyer, yeah. just like the person that goes up in the air. 
And I remember a couple of people in my family just making jokes about like my body weight, but alre already I already had this like implanted thought that I hated myself. Mm. So even if you're just making a funny joke about my body weight, immediately I turned it into this devastating thing that I was a terrible person because I was fat. Wow. Or, you know, like I should die because I was fat. Like that's what my mind turned those thoughts into. And it could have been innocent. You know yeah. how families kind of joke about each other's weight. Like that was not funny to me. Yeah. Um, so that kind of developed there. And I learned about bulimia okay. in like, I was like sixth to eighth grade. And um, I was taught that, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, again, discretion that if, you know, you wanted to stay thin, you could eat and then throw up. Wow. And so I started doing that and I just, I, but before the word depressed was like out there, yeah. I was having these episodes of depression. Okay. So I was, so for example, I was going to cheerleading competitions. My family was extremely social out there. And in the middle of the competition, Isaiah, I would just like run to my mom and run into her lap and just start crying mm. out of nowhere. And she would be like, what is wrong with you? What is, cause you know, you can imagine yeah. you're this great family. Yeah. What is wrong with my kid? Yeah. And I would just sit in her lap and I'm like, I don't know. And it would happen all the time in the most sporadic places that should be normal to be happy and normal. And the only way that I could explain it, Isaiah was, I would feel like someone died. Mm. Like I would just wake up and I would feel like someone died. And then other behaviors that ha started happening is I would get disciplined like any kid would. Yeah. And when I would get disciplined, I would immediately start hurting myself. Wow. So I used to like clench my hand, like, you know, my fingertip nips, fingertips into my forearm. And I would actually, it started out that way. And then it started becoming, I would get angry when I wouldn't see blood. Wow. So super demonic super, yeah. but i didn't know there yeah, none of that was no one talked about did you that. ever have a thought that there's something dark in me or something causing me or no i thought me? it was me you just thought it was you i thought it was me and because i didn't understand what i was doing to myself i hated myself even more for doing that to yourself right. so it's a spiral like a chain reaction of right and so you think that you're a terrible person Wow. Because you're hearing all these things like that you're some saying to yourself. Right now are going through this exact thing. Yeah, and and you hate yourself because you realize how terrible of a person you are because you're doing these things to yourself. So I'm having these body image issues, and you might say something funny like, "Oh, you should be the cheerleader that runs the extra mile." Wow. And I immediately want to commit suicide. I immediately just start saying that all it would be better if I'm dead. It would. It just starts swarming in your head, and then you hurt yourself. You you know I'm clenching my fingers into my arm. That's how it started. And then you're, you're, you're kind of embarrassed and you're angry at yourself. So mm. it's just this weird relationship toward yourself. So that's how that started. And you also were having like memory loss as well in high school, middle school, you were going yeah. through depression. So I, I noticed that now because as I got older, I realized that I don't have memories from childhood. Wow. So let's say you were gonna tell me about your childhood, yeah. your teacher in fifth grade, fourth grade, I cannot, to this day, I cannot tell you who my fourth grade teacher was, my third wow. grade teacher, my fifth grade teacher, my kindergarten teacher. I can't tell you what my mom smelt like. I can't tell you what she looked like. I can't tell you conversations we had. I don't, I, God is so faithful. He's given me like drops of like memories, yeah. especially in my deliverance. I actually saw our, my childhood home. Wow. And then I saw my mom helping me at the table, helping me do homework. And what's really heartbreaking about that is my mom's a great mom. Yeah. But because of how demonized I was, 
I couldn't remember any of the good things about her. I don't have like happy like memories, really not much of any at all. And that memory loss, I look back and I'm like, I, I know what it is now, right? I know it's memory loss. But when you're going through it, Isaiah, you're literally just trying to survive life. Mm. You're not sitting there like, I can't remember anything. You're just trying to survive. You don't know any different. Yeah. So as I'm getting older, there's the depression. I get into high school and the eating gets a little bit more manipulated. So if I get in trouble, I'm not eating. If mm. I'm mad at myself, I'm not eating. And I made this rule, like there were specific foods that I wasn't going to eat. And so a hamburger was one of them. Wow. And we would go out with family and I ate the hamburger. And I remember Isaiah, the first thing I went upstairs to my room and I like stuck my knuckle out full fist, smashed myself in the face. Wow. I was just smashing myself in the face. And I mean, yeah, it hurt, but like I was so angry at myself. Yeah. And it felt like the right thing to do was to punish myself for not doing what I said I was going to do. So that behavior would just be consistent in everything, clenching my wrists, like my, my, my fingertips into my skin, and then um, just getting obsessed with hurting myself. Mm. So then when high school came around- Which is so crazy because yeah. you have, like you said, and I love how you're honoring your parents. You had this beautiful upbringing, amazing parents. They're you know taking to the Catholic church, doing their best to what they were raised in yeah. their religion and your family successful. They're running the cheerleading thing, all that. Yeah. But then there's this dark, this darkness, this mm -hmm. dark side that no one really fully knows about. Mm -mm. And what's crazy is there's so many people out there that are living that exact mm -hmm. lifestyle, not thinking, and this is the whole message of tonight, not thinking there's a way out. And yeah. This is something you, yeah. sh you share when you talk about your testimony is like, I didn't know this wasn't normal. Like it sounds, and we're gonna talk more about some of the yeah. stuff and it sounds graphic and it sounds violent. And you're like, how could this be? Mm -hmm. But it's like, you thought that was normal. You literally thought this is yeah. the way my life will always be. Yeah. And this is the beauty right. of the power of God is your life won't be the way it always was. Like mm -hmm. you have this opportunity in the gospel yeah. to start again, mm -hmm. to start a new mm -hmm. life, to be like, we preach the gospel. Literally. We literally say like, oh, Jesus loves you and kind of just like keep going on and add him to your life. But mm -hmm. Jesus is like, no, you actually get to die. Come That's on. like beautiful. If you're living Come the way on. you were living, Come on. the best thing anyone could have ever told you was, Marcel, you could yeah. literally die to yourself. Yes and become yes. a new person. And yes. then there's a whole beauty of, and yes. get deliverance and get freedom. Yes. But I think the thing, yeah. the message you're saying and, and people can relate to is like, man, I didn't know it wasn't normal mm -hmm. to be depressed. It yeah. wasn't normal to throw up after I eat. No. That, that becomes your norm. Mm -hmm. Like for some of you watching this, darkness mm -hmm. is literally your normal. normal. Having yeah. thoughts of my husband's always going to cheat on me. I'm always yeah. going to be this way. I'm always going to cut myself. I'm always going to be depressed mm -hmm. and anxious and suicidal. I'm disgusting. They, people listening, normal. they literally think it's normal to hear voices saying, no. I'm gonna, and we know nope. the video is gonna get flagged. We don't care. We want to make sure we get the truth out there. But there's people have have a voice telling them, just take your life. And they they might be yeah. young people. Yeah. I have eight year olds, ten year olds that say I have this voice telling me to take my life. And mm -hmm. so we're here to expose yeah. that voice. Yep. To expose the works of darkness and let you guys know that you can be free. You can yep. be delivered. And if God can take Marcella from where yeah. she was. Yeah. So of course, tonight we're going to talk about where she is now yeah. after we go through her testimony. Yeah. And I really just feel God can do it for any of you. And so. Like if you're listening going like, oh, this is an, uh, a story about deliverance. This is not. This is a story of the gospel Come changing on. somebody's life and giving somebody a fresh life. Yeah. Like that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Whether I, you were raised the way I was with, again, I had a beautiful family, beautiful yeah. home or the ways you, where you were mm -hmm. and your parents are like, we didn't even know that happened to you. Mm -mm. And that trauma, yeah. you know, now was that open door for the enemy to come in and just start wreaking havoc. So here right. you are, you're in middle school. Now you're in high school, mm -hmm. your memory loss. Mm -hmm. 
depression, mm -hmm. you're self-harming. Are you cutting yourself? I know you said you're- At this you're... point, I start cutting myself. Okay. And it was weird, Isaiah, because this is when I started hearing the voices. Okay. Because I would be in class and I would hear, I would see, I saw like a soda can, like just like this. I okay. promise I won't spill it in Jesus' name. You're good. It's clear. Yeah. It's clear, it's okay. <laughs> and uh, I would take off the cap like this and I would, in my head, I would hear, I could totally use this to like slice my arm up right now. Wow. As if it was like this great, I just learned Ugh. how to make a rocket. Like that was how great of an idea it sounded. So I would go into the high school bathroom and I would cut myself. And again, it would always be anger if I didn't bleed. It was a really weird fact. So if you're thing not bleeding, blood. you're literally getting physically angry. Yes. So and demonic. you gotta keep going. So if you feel it, you gotta keep going. Um, so at this point, my mom puts me in counseling. She puts me in therapy. She I have a site. This is and, and she if she's watching this, bless her because she tried so hard, yeah, Isaiah. Yeah. She, I had a psychiatrist, I had a psychologist, I had a counselor, I had a therapist, wow. and I had an incredible family. Wow. And they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. So I was on antidepressants, anti-anxieties, and anti-schizophrenics. Um, and this is in high school, you're on all these medications. Yeah. And I would literally be at cheer practice. We owned a cheerleading business at this time, a, a super successful, at people that are probably watching, um, we're a part sure of our gym. Some friends that yeah, are, yeah, yeah. That are and 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 I was a huge part of their life because I'll tell in a little bit, cheerleading was a huge part of, of my life. Um, but I would fall asleep during cheer practice, like on the floor. I would just fall fall out because of medication. Oh. So I cried to my mom and I'm like, I I don't want to do this because I know that I don't want to feel depressed, but I want to feel something. Mm. And when I was on those medications, I felt nothing. Like I would just feel numb. And at first I called them my happy pills and I thought it was funny. And I was like, oh, I got to take my happy pills. But it almost became easier to just not exist Wow! because I just became very numb as I took these medications. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing this. So now let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. When they, Cause I don't know a lot about the whole, what they diagnose you and pills. How are they diagnosing you and to give you all, you're a teenager with all these pills, all these medications. How does that even happen? What are they? They go off what you say. Okay. So there's no test. You, they're not really doing a no. test of like, oh, you're missing this in your brain or your chemical. No, there's no. Because some people are going to listen to this and say, well, it's not demonic, brother. It's just mm -hmm. a chemical imbalance. And I know yeah. we'll get into a huge heated. People get heated when you start saying about right. whether it's chemicals, whether it's demonic. Right. But for right. you, clearly it was a demonic thing. Clearly but it was demonic. What yeah. were they? I mean, what's the diet? What are they? Um, They really just went off what I was saying. Okay. So my my testimony of the things I was hearing um, and they called it manic okay. depression. And then. Uh, bipolar so I would be really really up and then I'd be really really down okay um you know super outgoing like I told you as a little kid outwardly super social and then going home and punching myself square in the face and cutting wow. myself and they call that bipolar wow so and then but there's no test so you, have no you also have medicine for schizophrenia yes which I was doing some research on schizophrenia yeah. recently and they were saying like the main category um way they categorize it is if you're seeing images of mm -hmm. people or like dark figures usually yeah. it's never usually something good or you're hearing voices yeah. but they say if you're hearing voices or seeing images of like deceased relatives your schizophrenic cures medication so and so i again sad. i know i have so friends sad. watching and family that are like this is all medical there's no such thing as it's it's not demonic it's just a mental illness but in my yeah. mind i'm like if you go to a doctor saying i'm hearing voices and seeing things they don't, they're not going to tell you, oh, you have a demon, you need to get deliverance, right. or you need, you need Jesus, like right. a doctor. So then they're just giving you these pills in high school, right. and you're basically, and I hate to use the word, but you're, you just become a zombie. Yeah. You just become well, a shell of a Well, I did become a zombie. Like, the medications that I was on, that's what it did to me, and that's the only reason why my mom was, like, okay with me not taking them, 
because I got worse. Okay. Like it was like, okay, she's not getting better. Like it's it's like, what's the trade off? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and so for people that it makes better, maybe, but it yeah. wasn't it wasn't doing that for me. For your case, you're saying this wasn't was spiritual. doing that for me. It, it was spiritual, absolutely. Thing. And I mean, it was yeah, it was definitely spiritual. So, but I was in church, and I yeah. I was you know going to church, right? Yeah. So I think that some people that might the say- The Catholic church, correct. Right. Okay. So when people might say, well, I tried the church thing. It doesn't work for me. And it's like, did you? Yeah. Did you go to the right did church? You, like, did you, did you like, you know, have an encounter with Jesus yeah. and be yeah. filled with his Holy Spirit? Yeah. Or are you going to a building and saying, and I'm not, I'm not trying to dog yeah. on anyone, yeah. but I was doing that. I mean, there was even a point where I told my mom, I'm going to get off these medications and I'm going to go to church. And mm. I, I told you that before we started, uh, told Alyssa that before we started the live stream, I thought that was profound because mm. I just, some, maybe the Holy Spirit was telling me, I don't know, but that was my only hope. Mm. That was my only hope. And I was like, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to get off these medications. So, <laughs> hey, you know, I did, yeah. but it wasn't just a building. It wasn't just a religion that, that did nothing for me. I was mm. in that for years. And it wasn't like my mom was a part-time Catholic. She was a full-time, all the time, all the things, yeah. and, but, but nothing worked for me. I actually even cried out to... Mary, Mary. Or, yeah, you're yeah Mary. so uh, is it okay if I yeah, yeah, go yeah, forward with yeah, that? So, so yeah, you can say whatever okay. you want. There's no okay. limits. You're not gonna um, tell it how it is. Yeah, so uh, my mom did a great thing after high school. She got me into college. Isaiah, I don't even know how I got into college because my GPA in high school was so bad. I had to like take a summer school course, all the things. It was it was pretty bad. My brother's a UCLA college graduate. My sister is just amazing. And so maybe they just thought, well, if we just ship her off, yeah, maybe she'll yeah. get better, you know? Yeah. Um, and so she helped me get into college and I went to LA State. Well, it's in East LA. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's in a rougher part of the town. And uh, Isaiah, I went to college thinking that things were going to get better. Bulimia was on and off at this time. Um, cutting kind of eased down a little bit. I was trying not to take the psych meds. So I get sent off to college. Isaiah, I cannot wake up for the life of me at 9 a.m. Like I couldn't put a schedule together. Mm. I couldn't do common sense things. And mind you, I'm in a dorm with eight other people. Wow. And it's like, you would think that I would know how to do life, but when you're demonized, wow. you cannot think. You cannot, there's no common sense. You just, and we might look at people sometimes and be like, get it together. I couldn't. Wow. I couldn't like, I could basically like eat food, drink alcohol and sleep around. Yeah. Like that was basically like what I had the coherency to do. I couldn't go to classes, couldn't pay attention, couldn't wake up on time. So I actually got in a fight <laughs> wow. and I got jumped by the six foot woman from England. Wow. And yeah, I mean, I had a temper. I was angry. I, all the things. So anyways, you know, she like threatens to kill me. So um, I leave the school and I go back home to Manteca. Well, sorry. Yeah. yeah just to said where I'm from. Yeah. Most people know it. Yeah. I go back to Manteca and um, I'm doing better because I come home. Okay. I come home. I'm better at home. I start doing cheerleading again. Okay. And I start so getting you're now back from college, back from college, getting to cheerleading and I get really good at it. I finally found my knack. I'm like, okay, like I can do this. I'm actually thriving at something. Mm. Wasn't really hearing voices at the time. Wasn't cutting. Um, bulimia wasn't really a thing. I was just having fun. I was just living life. I was doing great. And then I got really good at cheerleading, so I started bodybuilding, kind of more towards my like young adulthood. Okay. And I start bodybuilding, and I'm 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 excelling at it, Isaiah. I mean, I think you kind of were around the same world that yeah. I was in. We're in the same. I town. think the first time I ever saw you was at the gym, and your shirt said "F you." And in my <laughs> mind, I was like, 
I was like, wow, her shirt says F you. And Nico's I know like, we oh, that's my worship friend. Together. I think Nico knew you. My brother knew you. And was yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's a, my friend Marcelo. I was like, yeah. wow, that's a very interesting shirt. Yeah, I was very interested to see that he was leading guitar in a church because I yeah. used to party with him in the world. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wow, he's actually in church now. What kind of church is this? Yeah. So, um, but it was, that, was, that was a testimony in itself to see uh, Nico change because I did see him at the gym. Yeah. Um, didn't say a word to me, but now I know why. Yeah. I wouldn't have said a word to me either. But, um, yeah, so I come home, I start bodybuilding, and I'm growing in that community. And I actually am doing so well in bikini bodybuilding. And Isaiah, the craziest thing is that what happened at this point in my life was like none of that stuff went went away. Mm. It was like it just resurfaced, mm. right? So I won at top five at this competition. It's like a big Bay Area competition. I had like thousands of followers on Instagram that watched mm. my journey. They were all like, wow, oh my gosh. And they build you up, Yeah. right? They like put you on this tower. And when they do that to you, you kind of got to keep maintaining it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you got to keep being this person that everyone, because mm. you started out the journey and they're all looking up to you and you're like this model. And even my cheer kids, I mean, they looked up to me like I was like a huge yeah. idol in their life. And so- there's that. I'm building that. And I, I win the competition out of nowhere. People were like, where's this girl from? Wow. So what happens though, Isaiah, is I get like third out of five. And all of a sudden, those you're effing disgusting. Mm. It floods right back in my head because I didn't get first. Wow. It's like any bit of failure would flood me into like self-hatred mode. And so I remember after that competition, my cousins were there. It was great. We all go out to celebrate. And I remember we go to BJ's and we have a meal. And uh, I remember eating the meal. It was my first time eating like French fries. Because when you're co competing and dieting and stuff, you know, those things you don't have. At, at least I didn't. And I remember getting so anxious and I ran to the public bathroom. And I start force vomiting again. And that mm. happened in high school, right? So like, it wasn't like I learned how to do this. It was like, it was like things were just coming back, wow. right? You build this tower, you build this life, but like the demons don't go away. Mm. So I'm vomiting and I'm like, literally I'm looking in that bathroom. I say, it's a public bathroom. It's pretty gross. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I know I missed a little bit of the testimony. I want to go back on it, but a little, a little bit even before that. So let's kind of backtrack yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So going back to like coming back from college and high school and stuff with the thing about being demonized that I want to like kind of share with people is like, sometimes you don't even know what you're doing. Mm. so going back to like the cutting thing the one of the last times I think I cut myself the major times my mom got mad at me I remember grabbing the largest knives I could find largest wow. they're not like tiny knives I walk upstairs intentionally with a knife in my hand and I go and I cut myself and then I hear I can hear it to this day and I, I, I share this on Delafe and all you hear is like shing shing wow. and I'm hearing it and it's almost like I'm getting a high out of it and I'm not feeling it wow. at all. And I put my head down and I remember just kind of like, I don't know if I blacked out for a second or what happened. I had my head down for just a second, super small, you know, countertop. And then I look up and I see blood. It just seeped all over the sink. And I remember another one of those moments, like, what did I just do? What did I just do? Like, what am I doing? And I look at my arm and it's not like the little ones where like you cut. It was like but you still have scars. If you you guys might not know, be able to see on seen, camera, she has scars all over her arm. But they're like still, yeah, they're still all it there. It was well, yeah, you can see them now. And when you lead worship, 
and you put your hands up and those scars are showing to me i'm like that is such a sign of victory yeah. of what the enemy's done you have all these scars up and down your arms to this day and yet here you are worshiping declaring freedom and running Come a on. deliverance map seeing people get Come delivered on. i just wanted to add that but so you're in that moment yeah. you just cut yourself and open flesh yeah like literally it looked like a Ugh. meat market look like look like a meat market and i just remember thinking like i don't i don't even know what i just did and then same thing i told this on the jalafe testimony as well like when i flipped my truck like yeah. one of those things where it's like i had to make up a story at the hospital because i don't even know what happened wow but I remember like driving and I think that when you're demonized, I want to share this because yeah. I think a lot of people have these things happening to them in their life and they think it's normal. Yeah. And it's like, this is not normal. So, and I was a believer, like I believed in Jesus, yeah. right? I didn't have a relationship with him at all. I was definitely praying in a weird but in way. Your mind, but in you're my like, mind, I was raised Christian. I was raised Catholic. I absolutely was, in my mind. So there's nothing more. It's like, I've already done that. I've already been to the And Catholic that's why Church. it's like the Jesus thing doesn't work. Like if you would yeah. ask me at that time, like, no, like, I'm trying and it's not working. So I would fall asleep at the wheel, like all the time. And I remember, I don't even remember falling asleep. Wow. All I remember one time I was driving to cheer practice. I drove an F-150 truck. My parents gave me like the truck of my dreams, you know, and I remember waking up and the bottom of the car was now going like this, like the mats. I had like these Hawaiian shells, like it was just going like this. And so I was like, I'm flipping. Like that's all I knew at that moment. And all of a sudden I'm skidding and then I'm back on my wheels. I'm like, how do you, how do you flip? So I run out of the car and this guy's like running towards me who pulled off the side of the freeway. And, um, he's like, are you, are you high? Are you drunk? Are you this? And I'm like, no. And he's so convinced that I am, that I start thinking I am. I'm like, I, mm. am I drunk? Like, am I high? I don't even know what happened. And he was like, okay, I'm going to go get the person. Like he thought someone was in the car and I was like, there's no one in the car. And he's like, no, no, no. Are you sure? And I'm like, I'm sure there's no, like, I was going to chair practice by myself. I'm sure there's no one in the car with me. So he goes, no one's in the car. But I share this because it's pretty amazing. A couple of weeks later in the cheer gym, I came to practice and one of our, my teammates said, I thought it was her, but I, when I heard she was, she was alone, I knew it wasn't her because there was someone else in the car that I saw. Wow. That's I know. crazy. I know. And I, at how the car got right back onto its wheels, I, I don't know. Right? So all these moments, when you talk about your testimony, Isaiah, and you're like, you talk about when you're hanging from dead. the chain, I should have been dead. I'm like, you look back and you're like, I should have been dead. It was God the entire time. God the entire time. How did I not bleed to death? Yeah. How did I not flip and just get smashed on top? Of How? Right? So, and so many times I overdosed on things and, you know, the grace yeah. of God. So all that kind of leads up so to- So you were, you were at the big knife. You were cutting yourself mm -hmm. and you were at the time where like, man, I actually enjoy doing this. You were mad if you didn't see blood when yep. you were cutting yourself, which- all the stuff we're saying for people that are not demonized or aren't dealing with this, they're like, this is absolutely crazy. Like you're, you're saying you were mad that you weren't bleeding, but this is how far the devil will take us whenever we go down these roads and whenever mm -hmm. we don't deal with these areas mm -hmm. of our life that we're, we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So here you are now. Um, tell us about the bulimia that you went through because it got way worse. So got way worse. It, it felt like things kind of went yeah. away. You get home, but now you're in this. Mm -hmm. You're top. You're doing bikini, cheerleading, mm -hmm. modeling, yeah. and bodybuilding, right, yes. and all yeah. that. I know I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying it all. I don't know what any of this is, but you're doing you're doing uh, yeah bodybuilding. Actually, you guys, what's really interesting is I actually would see Isaiah at the gym. Wow, um, that's a miracle. No one in the chat <laughs> believes that. <laughs> so the last time was 2000 yeah. what was that 2012 2013 yeah, yeah no one yeah. believes that i think you would wear cutoffs too wow with, with that's, Chad. yeah that's definitely <laughs> definitely old school so here you yeah. are now you're uh, so you, the bulimia got worse the bulimia got worse and it was because that the not winning is what kind of set it off okay 
And so it was like, I never had peace. I never had rest. Mm. And so it was like the fact that I didn't win because I was working so hard and I was at the top of the top. It was just like, no, there, there's more. I'm, I'm terrible. Like I pu would punish myself to get better. Yeah. Very odd. And uh, I remembered after that comp competition, I, I, you know, threw up. And then oddly enough, like I became very obsessed with bulimia. Wow. Like it became, and I say this, and a lot of people might actually know this because they're going through this. It became a romance. So crazy. It's sick. Yeah. It really is. And I would have like, it would, it would feel so good to vomit. And I couldn't, it would get to the point where I couldn't eat without vomiting. Wow. And so I even told Alyssa this. I said, if this were before and Jesus had not done what he did in my life and you were to pull out that food the way you did now, I wouldn't be able to listen to anything you guys are saying. All I would be thinking about is that that food is sitting there. Wow. And I would be okay, like pretending I'm normal, but I would be feeling so much anxiety at the fact that food was right there. Are you, what do you mean? Like you're afraid of the food or you're like, a um, fear, or you want to, I mean, what? I wanted to eat it because so I was you, starving. So but you're always starving. But I would you're never eating, eat in front of people. And then people. you're throwing it up. I would never eat in front of people because when you have an eating disorder, you get to a point where you lose your hunger signals and your full signals. Okay, because see, explain that because some people yeah. watching are going through that. And then some yeah. people are like, I've never even heard of an eating disorder. Yeah. So, so what is bulimia like? What would bulimia it be is as? when you basically just vomit your food, you okay. just throw up your food. But when you're doing it to be thin, you're eating, what usually happens is you eat a mass amount of food okay. because you haven't been eating for a very long time and all of a sudden when you start eating you binge eat and so you'll eat everything and for example this is real life this is my this was Isaiah I cried on the way over here thinking about that Ugh. this was my life and if, if Jesus didn't stop me that I would probably still be doing this unless I would have died it it's would have so been one of the, or the other it's so inconceivable listening that the same person that was doing that is sitting right here and doing everything you're doing yeah. now. Like it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It literally is unbelievable what God has done. So yeah. sorry, go ahead, keep explaining the Yeah, yet. no, so this is what a day looked like. So I'd be starving for like two days, going to cheerleading practices, going to the gym. I'd see you, probably see Nico, right? And didn't like say anything. I'd be working out for hours. And then the next day I would go to Carl's Jr., Krispy Kreme, Wendy's, McDonald's. Are you going in secret? You don't want to I'm going to know in secret. Saying? You start developing a secret life because you have to have a secret life to be bulimic. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously some people might know you're doing it, but you always do it in secret. Yeah. And so and you're ashamed of it. You're super you're ashamed totally of it. And you're out of me. control. Like you, you're so hungry. Cause I was anorexic bulimic. I was, mind you, I'm trying to maintain this model status because I'm like shredded online and everyone's like, and, and Nico could probably totally attest to this because we were in the same community yeah. And I was totally putting it like I was put together. Yeah. No one would have known that the next day I was driving to like four fast food restaurants. And I say, uh, I would eat until I could feel like my blood at the top of my neck. And like, I couldn't breathe because I was so full. Wow. And then I would go and I would, I would vomit. And that was my life. It would be like two days starving, one day vomiting, two days starving. It was literally a schedule. It was like a work schedule. I had to maintain it because to be able to maintain that status of fitness that I was at, I had to maintain this disorder. Because when I went to go compete in bodybuilding, I was down to about 900 calories a day, um, plus like three hours of cardio, plus true, you know, practice for truly all the thing, you know, all the things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there there was that, and um, 
kind of talk to about losing your gag reflex yeah actually that, that was, was all god where it was kind of like a wake-up call for you yeah so now we're like wrapping up the end of like the not saved marcella because and you're still cutting this whole time yeah you're hitting yourself the punching, punching yourself. stayed the punching okay so stayed. you're literally hearing a voice tell you to punch yourself yeah. or you're just punt you're just in the room like no i would hear okay so for example if i walked into this room i would hear about how everybody hated me no way. I couldn't sit here. Isaiah, the fact that I could sit in a room. You have a voice telling room, you that person thinks this about you. That person If I were sitting here and you looked at like my 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 shirt, yeah. I would immediately think like he thinks I'm fat. He's looking at my fat. Wow. I could not have a normal without anxiety. But I you're couldn't be in a room this without is anxiety. Just me. This is just, I did not just, think this wasn't normal. I you just, I'm saying you it now. It was normal. Oh, it was normal. It was just in your head. That just was my head every day. Voice. I was even at, uh, we'll get there, but yeah. I was even at the awakening and I was hearing things and it was totally normal for me. It's not until people started testifying that I started finding out that this wasn't normal. You just thought everybody has a voice telling them whatever. Yeah, I, I everyone's anxious, yeah. everyone, right? Everyone's but depressed. to the degree. Everyone's just hiding it the way I am. Yeah, and demons hide, obviously, right? Yeah. So they're not going to be like, this isn't yeah. normal that you're hearing me. Yeah. You know, it's my just name's like, depression. Yeah, no, yeah, man. totally normal. So, um, so you're hitting yourself. You're hearing voices telling you this person thinks this. this thinks person. that, yeah. So I'm, I'm. Um, it was really weird because you're really popular, but you also think that everybody hates you. Mm. Very strange. So I lo start losing my gag reflex, and it starts taking me what used to be like 30 minutes to throw up. It's starting to taking me two hours. What would used to take me an hour is now taking me three hours, four hours. And it's a really expensive habit to keep up. It's an addiction. It is seriously an addiction because you have to buy all the food. And then I'm spending, you know, money and then you're throwing it up. So and you're it just would take, in the bathroom just trying to throw it up. It would for take hours. well when I started losing my gag reflex, it would take hours. Like my knuckles would be bloody, my eyes would be bloodshot, my jaw would what, be what sore. What is why are your eyes bloodshot? Just from the trying pressure. just from trying to you're, throw up. You're like the pressure. The yeah. The pressure of like you're dry heaving. Because what was happening, Isaiah, is I was dry oh. heaving and nothing no food was coming up. When we say God works in mysterious ways. I didn't even know you could lose your gag reflex. I don't even know if that's a thing. Yeah. I don't even, I don't know. I've never looked it up. Yeah. But I'm losing my gag reflex to the point where I'm putting anything down my throat. I mean, I had to throw away spoons in our house because it had teeth marks on it. Oh. Because I, oh, it, it just brought, brought back. It brought, it's like not even graphic to me. So I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. just like talking about my life. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I, I saw them recently and I'm like, I can't, I, you know, I threw them away. But, yeah. but it, it, it's normal to you. At back of razors, like the, the, handle part because I was so desperate Isaiah because I knew that if I couldn't keep up this thing then my whole model would would shatter my whole kingdom would shatter if I didn't keep this up so I'm losing my gag reflex and this crazy thing happens I, I, I like go into my room and I like see this light at the end of the tunnel and I start getting these desires to recover mm. but eating disorder to recovery is very serious yeah like your body isn't used to having hydration you're, you're dehydrated Crazy. all the time. Your electrolyte, that's why people can have like, they can die because of the electrolyte imbalances. Because yeah. when you're throwing up, you're losing all of your fluids. So to retain glucose in your body, to retain food in your body is actually very scary when you're used to not. Mm. So I'm like, you know, going through this anxiety of wanting to recover. I'm talking to some people about wanting to recover and everyone's like, no, it's okay. Just keep going. Like you They're can do this. They're encouraging you to keep doing it. Yeah, the fitness community, the that? fitness community is like, just keep going. Come on, go hard or go home. You know, like, let's go pick it back up. You could do this, get back on it. Because a lot of people, when they compete, Isaiah, after they compete, their bodies rebound. Mm. 
mm. and they gain a ton of weight and they people don't talk about this part and it's yeah, really dark it, and it's yeah. really depressing and for a lot of people. people you, in the chat saying yeah. I'm going through this I can't believe this it sounds and it's, like my and life. And it's so sad because that's all they have Isaiah is like fitness is what gives them a, a, a sense of meaning and a mm. sense of and it all of a sudden becomes this devil in your life and you're like what is this? So when you're rebounding your metabolism's jacked up and people are looking at you funny and they're like what happened to you? And you're like, I'm literally just trying to survive. So when I was eating that little and I tried to start eating again, I tried to start recovering, I started gaining weight. And mind you, I'm like center flyer of my team at this time. I'm, I'm cheerleading and bodybuilding at the okay. same time. So I'm really liked in my community. And, and they no, no one knew, it's not their fault, but they would build me up, yeah. you know? And when I would kind of talk about like, I can't do this anymore. It's like, no, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going. Even when it was like, I don't want to work out like this. I can't do, no, 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 just get back on your meal plan. And so when I started gaining weight and I started kind of hearing the whispers of like, mm. she just lost it. She just felt like Isaiah, hearing those things, hearing the whispers in the background of a community that you thought was so behind you yeah. is so heartbreaking because they have no idea that your life is at stake. Mm. And, and all they care about is you continuing to be like the front page of something. That's not really how it is, but that's, God, that's how it feels. Yeah, that's how it, yeah feels. that's how it feels. And people might not know the degree of what you're going through, right? But a lot of fitness competitors go through this and they go through so much body shame because their bodies are trying to be healthy again. Mm. They're trying to be, get on some natural body fat. Body fat is pretty healthy, just a general healthy body fat. You know, 0% body fat when you're competing is not healthy. Yeah. What happens to your brain and happens to your organs is extremely unhealthy. I'd be having conversations. I worked at GNC and my clients would be talking to me. Mid-conversation, I would just like goldfish. I would just wow. lo like lose what I was saying. There's no glucose in my brain. You're, wow. Crazy. So, That's you know, crazy. as you're recovering, it, it shows. I was getting cellulite in places that I'd never had cellulite. I wasn't fitting any of my clothes. God really put me in this place where I was so embarrassed to be me. Like mm. he wasn't doing it. Like shame on you. It was like, I had to get to this point. Yeah. Because if I didn't, I would have died. You were at the bottom. I would have died. I would have kept going. Like I would have absolutely listened to everybody. Like, okay, come on, let's go. You know, pedal to the metal. Let's push. I had that personality mm. to just keep going. So I lost my gag reflex. And there was a point where I was vomiting up to four hours a day. And I was so tired. Isaiah, I would lay down in my bed. I would take like a break. And I would get back up and I would chug some stuff and I would try to go again. That was my, that was my so you're life. you're literally four hours a day trying to throw up. Yeah. And then but the, you're now hardly able to because no, your guy reflex. But you're wrong. also spending the other hours binge eating. And then uh, the other hours you're starving. It's a living you're hell. You're literally dying. It's a living hell. You're dying and it's a living hell. And this is normal. Like people that have eating disorders, this is their normal. And they're constantly Lord, anxious. Them tonight in Jesus name. Right. Right. Yes. And, and it's not normal and you can get free, yes. right? So, so, um, so you're like, I need to get, I need to recover. I need to recover. I can't do this anymore. And that's when I found your video because okay. I locked myself in there. People were kind of talking about, um, the awakening. They were kind of talking you guys about know it. The awakening was the revival that started at my house and ended up in a building when you came. But yeah. when we talk about the awakening, we're talking about the revival that I was leading and that yes. we were all getting yeah. saved at and everything. And um, I was coaching at St. Mary's. One of my cheerleaders actually invited me to to the service, and I was Catholic, so I really thought like I knew I knew yeah, what was you're going like, I'm on. Go and show them. Yeah, I was like, I know what I'm doing. So, anyways, I'm I'm in my room at night. I'm super embarrassed. I have no friends because I'm gaining weight rapidly, and I'm probably really embarrassing to look at. I, my, my cheerleading team was going two worlds, which is like the Olympics of cheerleading. And I walked out on the team. I, we own the gym, by the way. Okay. And center flyer, all the things. And I walk into practice, and I'm like, I quit. And everyone was like, you're joking. You own the gym. Well, people pay quit? thousands of dollars to be on this team, to go to where we're going. And I'm all of a sudden just like, all right, I'm out. 
Oh. Right. But I had to survive. And I was like, I can't do this. So I walk out, I quit. And you know, there's the whole keep going. I quit and I'm in my room, Isaiah, I would take food to my room, eat it, put the blanket over my head and I would rock myself like this. Wow. Because the anxiety to vomit was so overwhelming. The temptation was so, I could not function. This is as you're trying to recover. This is as I was trying to going, recover. I'm not going to vomit. I'm not going to vomit. You're yeah. Just psychotic like it's wow. it's it felt like psychosis i was literally shaking like a psychotic person and i found your youtube video i don't know how i did but i remember just like watching it in the middle of the night and i don't remember i don't remember understanding anything that you said yeah especially then i was i was uh, talking a million miles yeah. an hour and nothing. you guys this is this is all i would hear and i'm like this this guy isn't even breathing yeah. you know but really I still get that what fascinated me, Isaiah, was that like I knew that I was doing everything. And mind you, I worked for one of the largest cheerleading companies in the world. I had everything at my fingertips prior to this moment. So I knew what it was to have everything that you could possibly work for and attain mm. in the world. Had the money, had the guys, had the fame, thousands of followers, all the things. And yet I'm like dying. <laughs> you know, no one knows that, yeah. but you're like dying. So when I saw this guy on that video, I was like, whatever he has is is better than what i have mm. and obviously there's something outside of this that exists wow because i was like this is the creme de la creme this is it yeah and i'm so i'm seeing this person on like you're literally like full of life and i'm just like and there's and i do hear the shouting in the video and i'm like all of a sudden i just get so zoned into wow. the videos i'm so so i totally get it when people are like i found you isaiah and they're so pumped because that was me that yeah. was me so so anyways um, I'm thinking I'm going to go to the church and I don't know why I thought this, but I thought that Christians were like a different type of alien. Mm. Like, I know how you say you thought they smelt funny. Yeah. I literally thought that. And I don't know why you I thought that a, a, an alien. I thought that Christians wore like, uh, Amish dresses. Oh, really? And I thought they wore bonnets <laughs> and I thought they wore no makeup. So you guys, so I'm, I'm recovering from this eating disorder. Right. And I'm literally like, I'm going to let go of this whole world that I'm in. I'm going to just, I'm, I was so excited. You we were like riding donkeys and horses and carriages. Isaiah, and... I threw all my makeup away. And then you came and everyone was wearing makeup. I started like, wearing what? dresses. I was like, I'm going to find the like most Amish looking clothes and I'm going to be a Christian. Wow. Like I was just so excited, Isaiah, about this other life being possible. Mm. Because I knew, you know what I mean? I like I was that. like, there has to be another, like I'm going to this... be that. I was so pumped. I was yeah. so pumped about that because- I was dying. So I'm like thinking I'm going to go to this church, right? So I go to the church down my road, down the road. And mind you, Isaiah, like, can I go here? Is it okay yeah, if we yeah, go here? Yeah, okay. So um, I'm Catholic and, you know, I'm like, I know this Jesus thing. And I walk in and there's no Jesus on the cross. <laughs> First of all, I'm like blasphemy. Yeah. Like, where's Jesus on the cross? And I'm super religious. That's something that like God delivered me of later. Yeah. And I thought that people were going to be, you know, no makeup, whatever. I thought I, I was 50 pounds overweight at this time. Mm. So I was a hundred pounds. Say that again. I was a hundred pounds. And then I went up to 150. Okay. So, so yeah, you're, I was, you were super tiny. And then you and went then to I normal blew up. weight. I, yeah, I know. I know it was normal weight. weight. Yeah. But I was really embarrassed. Yeah. Very embarrassed because I couldn't fit in anything. Yeah. And so I'm thinking that Christians aren't pretty. So great. I'm just yeah. going to go to this place where no one's pretty. And I'm like, they can't judge me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Liz is laughing. She was there at the church. So I walk in, no Jesus on the cross. And the people were beautiful and they looked normal. They had makeup on. They were glowing, mm. like glowing. Like these girls that I was looking at were glowing. 
And I was wow. just like, this is not what I was expecting. Like, what is this place? And people were jumping and they were shouting and there was music playing. And I'm like trying so hard to fit in and pretend like I know what I'm doing. But I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, I don't understand this. And then this like Mexican guy's up there and he's like, come to the altar, come to the altar, come to the, for like 20 minutes. <laughs> was it Nino? Or yeah, it was Nino. Nino. <laughs> I'm a Mexican guy. And, uh, I mean, I heard you, but I was used to hearing you yeah. because of the video. So I knew what I was getting into. I'd never seen this Mexican yeah. guy and I'd never heard those words come to the altar. Mm. So, and that's all he said for 20 minutes. Like, come to the altar. Tonight's your night. Come to the altar over and over. And I'm like, okay, well I go or I leave. Mm. And I'm like, I can't, I can't leave. Like, I can't just, I came, I, I knew, I came expecting. Yeah. I didn't know what I was expecting, but I came for something. So I go and I go to the altar and actually I wanted so badly, Isaiah. I think it was actually, no, I think there was like a guest speaker that night. I don't think it was you, to be honest. I, I'm trying to remember because I started coming pretty consistently after that. But I wanted someone to look at me and point me out. Wow. I wanted someone to go, you are dying and you are hurting. I wow. like wanted them so badly to call me out. I would have loved that. And, and, and no one did. No one said anything. So that's when I was like, I should just come to the altar because he mm. kept saying that. So I go to the altar. And remember, I'm thinking that Christians are ugly, they smell funny, they don't wear makeup, and I'm not going to be judged, all these things, because I'm super insecure, right? And I'm mm. overweight in my mind. So the last thing I needed was like, yeah. what happened next? Yeah. So I'm at the altar, and I'm crying. I don't know what I'm crying about, because I don't cry. Crying is a gift. Yeah. I did, but I'm crying. And this beautiful girl who smells like roses, with like this long, luscious hair and minty breath, she's like, can I pray for you? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like you're supposed to be ugly. Yeah. Like you're not supposed to be beautiful and friendly. And I, so she starts praying for me. And I have no idea that people can hear from God. Mm. I have no idea that God talks to people. I don't know what the prophetic is. And she starts telling me, she's like, I feel like you one day, she starts prophesying over me. She says, you're going to speak to thousands of women. Wow. Mind you, I'm still struggling. Which right now there's 3,500 people watching. Yeah. So this is a prophecy being and, fulfilled. And this was Cherish. Yeah, my little yeah. sister. This yeah. is my little sister praying for her. And I, it was literally prophecy being fulfilled now, but I am, um, I She tells you you're going to be speaking before thousands of I couldn't of fathom women. it because, yes, but I was either, I was either going to be, I remember in the moment I was choosing, I'm either going to be offended that somebody told her I was there and be like, oh, poor girl, poor, poor fat girl. Like mm. she lost it all. Go pray for her. That's what was going on in my head. Wow. So the demons are still telling yeah. you these people yes. are against you. and Yes. And Or it was like, or I had the other thing to say, this is God. And I just, I was like, this is God. Mm. So I kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. And I got into like, you know, our church was pretty much a small group and community and I started reading the word and you were pretty, what, I mean, I'd, I'd love to talk about it. People think that you just preached on deliverance yeah. all the time. Yeah. You preached like sermons, you yeah. preached the word, you preached the Bible. And I remember there's something you said that changed my life. And you said, the Bible is alive. Mm. And that tripped me out because as a Catholic, we had Bibles, but we never read them. Mm. So I remember during my recovery, I was reading through the book of Exodus, which is crazy. It's super prophetic. I didn't know, you know, but I remember being like, oh my gosh, like tripping out as I read the Bible because it was coming alive to me. Mm. And I was like so hungry for the word of God. And in the church that we were at, it was like, you know, fasting was normal. 
praying was normal. Yeah. We would we would meet in the church. The lights would be off. Music would be on. And I'm looking around. All I know to do is pray. It was yeah. a prayer culture. Yeah. It was like I didn't have a choice to learn anything else. Yeah. It was just prayer. So I really do believe, Isaiah, that that helped heal mm. a lot of what was going on in me. It wasn't a church service where I just sat there and left the same. I mean, I had no choice but to get on my knees and start praying. That's what we did. Yeah. And so I think a lot of healing happened in that because I didn't get delivered yet. Yeah. But the voices went away. Mm. A lot of the stuff just like went away. And I started realizing like people don't hate me. I remember greeting. And for a while when people would walk in, all I would hear is how much they hated me, wow. how disgusting I was. And it was, again, normal. But I remember asking the Lord as I like developed a relationship with him. I'm like, is it always going to be this way? Am I always going to feel this way? Wow. And I'm hearing Cassandra Hale testify. I'm hearing Stevie testify. I'm hearing them talk about drinking and depression. And I'm like, none of that's normal. And it starts dawning on me that my whole life is not normal. Wow. And that there's really a different life that's available in this man, Jesus. Yeah. That you would always talk about. And I'm like, that's it. Like, I'm going 100%. After this Come man, on. I'm going to I'm gonna do whatever these people are doing. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And I did. And my life started to slowly change. I mean, even my family was like, what is wrong with her? I think everybody got this. You're in a cult. Yeah. Right? You're not drinking you're anymore. Prayer, you're not you're smoking not anymore. Drugs. You're not depressed anymore. You're not hurting yourself anymore. But you're going to prayer meetings. You're going to revivals. And now you're, you're in traveling a cult. out of the city. Now you're in a cult. And now I'm in a cult. Yeah, because you're not yeah. doing drugs and not drinking. Exactly, and exactly. And, and and you're reading your Bible and all those things. So, kind of fast forward through that. I want to talk about you know salvation yeah, and and deliverance and there. Finding so, out you need deliverance. Yeah, actually, um, because you didn't, you never preached. Like I, I love that people are like, oh, Isaiah's just the demon guy. Like you preached the word of God. Yeah. You know, and and I also want to say this too. Like the radical Isaiah that we see on on live stream. Or I remember when you first did the revival in Modesto in 2020, 2021, after the pandemic, and it was like lines all the way out down yeah. the street. I remember hearing people saying they came from like super far away. Yeah. And it was like crazy for me because I'm like, this is like our regular pastor yeah. that like we're used to being with all the time. And people are like talking about you. And I'm like, Isaiah has preached this way, whether there was one person mm. in the room or whether there were thousands. The same Isaiah that I saw at that revival, the same is the same guy I saw when we'd have 20 people show up for service. Yeah. You did not quit. Like at all. And that, so I just wanted to mention that to people. It was a little heresy hunter. Sometimes I, I want to punch them in the face. <laughs> like I seriously want to fight back with the trolls all the time. And I'm like, don't do yeah. it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because I know you and I've seen your life and witnessing your life, Nico's life, Alyssa's life, Cherish's life, your parents' life. I've seen your guys' generosity. It's touched my life. It's blessed my life. It, it makes me so mad when yeah. I see this stuff. But I but that. I have to just like, okay, you know what? This is God. Yeah. And, and God's going to keep doing what God's doing. But yeah, I, I just had to you. say thank that. So. That. Appreciate that. Absolutely. So, yeah. So going back to, uh, you know, services, regular yeah. services, deliverance. I didn't know that uh, I had demons at all. And I remember we went through this kind of phase at the awakening where it was like, <laughs> you guys might remember this. All leadership has to go through deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were all like. We were having some issues. We're like, everybody's getting delivered. <laughs> yeah. And people started freaking out. Yeah. We were like, I don't know if I want to go here anymore because it starts challenging you. Yeah. You know? Um, and mind you, we're all serving because we are all. Who's going to do it? Like, Alyssa, you sing? Okay, you're worshiping. Nico, you do that? Okay, you're doing that. Yep. Isaiah, you do that? You're I was doing playing it. Drums. Isaiah, literally, like, Isaiah would be. I play drums and then preach. 
Yeah, you'd be at practice rehearsing and then you'd get ready for service and then you'd do service and then, sorry, then you'd do drums and then you'd do service and then you'd do altar call and then you're with us and then we go out and it's like, people think that- Then I was that, running in the back doing the soundboard. Right, and people think Turn that- Yeah, people think that you just like became like this YouTube sensation. Yeah. It's like your faithfulness has been like this for years. Yeah, we did that for 10 years. Yes. A month shy of 10 years. When all years. we had was like a wall light, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like we, we had, didn't like, have all this. Like, Jesus is you know? Lord. Like, we had a huge banner that said Jesus is it Lord. It wasn't even our banner. And they wouldn't let us change it. Was it was a church's banner. Yeah. Like it wasn't even the ours. The church we rented from wouldn't let us change it. We're like, oh, we like it, but. Yeah, like so, sorry, I'm just- no, you're good. It is just, it's, it's, it's surreal to see what God has done. And, and I'm so grateful, but yes, going back to that. Um, yeah. So we ever all had to go through deliverance and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go through it. So I go through it and I'm with the head honcho, man. I'm, I'm with Nunez, right? I'm like, oh, for sure. Things are going to leave, you know, nothing manifested. Okay. Your first okay? deliverance. My first deliverance. Yeah. I'm like nothing manifested. So people that go through their first deliverance and nothing happens, Preach. keep going, keep going, keep getting, get closer to the Lord Yes. and then make those things uncomfortable and you'll probably, you know, come out. So now let me ask you during yeah. this time where you're going for deliverance, nothing manifests. W did all the stuff stop with the voices, the cutting, the eating disorder? Now you're in church. You're greeting, you're getting involved. Is all that stuff, you're not doing any Everything of that? Everything except perversion stopped. Okay. So, so you're just having perverted thoughts. I would walk into the church and I would have perverted thoughts that every guy was staring at me. Okay. Like I couldn't look at you in the eyes. Yeah. I mean, Nico probably didn't know this. Couldn't look at him. I couldn't, it, I didn't know it. I yeah. didn't know it then. I know it now. Yeah. But then I couldn't look at men. Okay. I think the only guy I really could look at was Nino because he was like a father. Yeah. And he was like helping guide me through my, you know, walking out my salvation. Yeah. But um, the voices went away, the cutting went away. So when people say I cannot stop unless I get delivered, here's my little challenge to that. The Holy Spirit within you is Which, greater. Which by the way, this is the girl that runs our deliverance map. So she's all for deliverance. <laughs> yes, so don't yes. Be like, oh, I'm all for it. deliverance. She's no, all for it. I'm she all for deliverance. But I do believe that if you get closer to Jesus yes. and that you trust in the Holy resist Spirit, the resist the devil, that God will help you. You still need deliverance yes. because like it will come back. It'll peak its head up. Yeah. It'll be like all of a sudden you get in a fight with your pastor and you're leaving church and you're starting your own church because you never dealt with that root of abandonment or an orphan or rejection, right? So you got to go through it. Yeah. But to say like, I can't unless these demons leave, it's like, just you got to go after Jesus. Yes. Go after Jesus and, and go after deliverance too. But you know, for me, getting into community, praying, fasting, doing spiritual things was so helpful mm. for my freedom and for the healing that needed to happen. Because again, the deliverance, the, the, the demons didn't leave the first time. Yeah. But I, I look back now, Isaiah, because I remember Nunez asked me, he's like, I wonder why they didn't leave the first time. And to be honest with you, a lot of the things I was doing, I didn't know was sin. Mm. So like talking to guys while I was yeah. in a relationship, I didn't know. So I actually wasn't out of agreement with a lot of the stuff I was Good. doing as I was walking. And the awakening was revival. Yeah. It was like fire hot, you know? So I, I learned quick what was sin. But I can only imagine people that are going to church where this isn't preached, right? Where holiness yes. isn't preached. So you're living a compromised life and you're wondering why you're demonized, mm. right? But I was getting fire hot preaching. So the cut was clear for me and it was fast. So I'm learning. I'm like, oh, that's sin. Oh, that's sin. Oh, you know, so I'm noticing all these things where I'm like, I can't be doing that. I can't be talking to guys. I can't be, you know, I was very manip manipulative, flirty, promiscuous, right? So all that had to go lying, even exaggerating, all yeah. of that. I'm like, oh, that has to go. You know, we, yeah. So all of that. Um, so I don't think I have demons. We're leading revival. Literally, Isaiah's to my left. Nico's to my right. We're leading worship. Revival, amazing. I don't think I have demons. Yeah. You know, um, but then, they start talking about Jezebel. 
And and the talk of Jezebel started coming up a lot. And I think Nino Ben even had a book called yeah, Jezebel's we did, like, Back. Yeah, like a little teaching on a friend of mine wrote a book about Jezebel. And I did not want to get near that book. Wow. I didn't know. I had no idea that I didn't know I was demonized, but I just knew that I was scared of the book. Mm. And um, then when I would preach the gospel to my family, because I would tell my I would tell my sister about Jesus, and my jaw would start jittering, mm. and I couldn't control it. And so, and I thought it was the Holy Spirit. Because I, I didn't know. Yeah. And then sometimes when we talk about deliverance, my hands would start uh, freezing mm. or demons. My hands would start getting cold. So then I remember one time being at like a house thing we were all at. And this guy was talking and he says, Jezebel, I command you in the name of Jesus to get out. He was telling a testimony, like a deliverance testimony. And all of a sudden, Isaiah, the same voice that I would hear before. Wow. I heard. And I don't think you were there, but like all of our church family was there. And I hear this voice and I'm sitting down. I hear the voice say, get up and move. And so I get up and I like move so my body. So he's telling a testimony saying, come out, Jezebel, Jesus name, about a testimony. And you start hearing a voice saying, get up and move. Yes. Wow. Because I'm laying down like comfy with the family on like a couch. You know, we're all just chilling. He's just telling a test. He was just talking like it was yeah. normal for us to talk about stuff. But he was talking about like, you know, that spirit. And I hear get up and move. And I'm like, and I hear the voice tell me to put my hand exactly where to put my hand exactly how to sit it's telling me how to move my body mm. and i'm like remembering that i used to do that when i was drunk like you know when you're drunk and you're slapping yourself in the yeah. face and you're like i got this i got this it was like it was so i knew it wasn't my voice like it was like i felt like i was like where where am i kind of thing you know kind of drunk almost feeling which was probably like witchcraft but yeah anyways that and i did not want to look at that man in the eyes I like, he kept talking and it was making me so uncomfortable. And I did, I couldn't, I like, didn't, I like, you know, awkwardly didn't want to look at him in the eyes. Yeah. So kind of time goes on, time goes on. And, um, Isaiah, sometimes when I would worship, this is really important for worship leaders that haven't gone through deliverance, um, or need to go through deliverance. There were times where I would worship and I felt like I just was so close to the Lord. And then there were times where I would worship and I felt like he was so far away. Wow. Like there was just like a wall yeah. and I wasn't living in sin, right? I was going after God. I was in revival, but I felt like I could not get to God. Mm. And I felt like I was on a roller coaster. And I think I remember saying to myself, like, God is not a roller coaster. Like if you mm. feel like your faith feels like a roller coaster, something might be up because God is consistent. Yeah. Unless you're living in sin, yeah. right? It, life shouldn't feel like a roller coaster. So that's what I was feeling. So I remember going to like a sister in the Lord one day and I'm like, hey, I just have a couple questions for you. And I just wanted to ask her why my jaw jittered. I just wanted to know, like, is that a normal thing? Is that the Holy Spirit? And at the time you said something, you said, when I pray, my hands feel warm and other people would say it too. But I was like, my hands freeze and mm. I, I start shivering. And like, that's really weird. So I wanted to ask her and she's like, can I pray for you? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we go into like a room in her house because we're just, you know, discipleship at the awakening was come hang out with me at my house, watch me do laundry, cook for my family. Like we were so tight knit, yeah. you know? And so um, she, she lays hands on me. And this is the most amazing part is I didn't expect deliverance. She lays her hands on me and she just starts speaking in tongues. And I see a wolf. Wow. I just see a wolf and it's like a flash. And I'm like, I see a wolf. I don't even know what's happening at this point. I'm yeah. just telling her what I see. She's like, okay, okay, okay. She just keeps praying. And she's like, are you full Filipino? And I'm like, Yes. Oh, I want to go back to the calling out to, sorry, I saw something. Oh, it's okay. Um, she's like, are you full Filipino? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, then why do I see a Chinese dragon? And I was like, 
oh, well, my dad's family's Chinese. Wow. And so she starts going into things that I don't even know or can't even remember. And so it ends up being a full-blown deliverance. Wow. Like full-blown on the floor. When people are like, Marcella, because, you know, they see me worshiping. Yeah. Is that real when people are squirming all over the floor? And I'm like, bro, that was me. Yeah. Like, like I, was on, I was on a carpet for three hours and all I saw was the carpet yeah. and a closet door for three hours. And it was like one of those deliverances where it's like they had to call angels down yeah. to hold me down. So I'm so grateful that I had that testimony too because you see deliverances and you're like, is that real? Yeah, oh my gosh, they're they acting. acting. It's not that eccentric. You wait until you're on the floor Breach. and you're slithering and oh, come on, it's gonna. Ha yeah. I hope it happens because then you're just like, I can't deny that, yeah. you know. Um, but I do want to share this one part of the testimony and Isaiah. This has really helped me to read the Bible with the fear of God. And it's helped me read the Bible knowing that I'm not going to always understand everything right away. Um, and I'm not, I don't need to be like, you know, Isaiah, I see these, these theologian buffs that try to challenge you on everything. And I'm like, man, God, I'm so thankful that you just wrecked my life. Yeah. And you encountered me because I would hate to have a stumbling block of what I didn't understand to get to you, mm. you know, in this way. Yeah. Right. Like I was just, I was wrecked. I was wrecked. My life was rocked and wrecked. So it's like, you can't tell me right? Yeah. That God doesn't move. You can't tell me that God didn't see. You can't tell me God doesn't heal. You can't tell me that God doesn't, God doesn't deliver. deliver. It happened to me, right? Like you can't tell me that didn't, I was cutting myself. I was you crying. You still. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so she holds this Bible and it's like a thin, you know, King James Bible to my back. And all of a sudden, and I'll, I'll backtrack this the night before my husband has a dream. And this is when we're learning about deliverance. And he wakes up at 3 a.m. And he's like, I had a, a dream. Someone was manifesting. I freak out. And I'm like, okay, pitch black dark. And I'm like, okay, super pride, prideful, by the way. I'm like, who was it? You know? And he's telling me it was like a, a supernatural dream. I'm thinking, Isaiah, that God was showing him me doing all this warfare. Yeah. Like me, like slaying dragons and yeah. like being all awesome, you know? And he says someone was manifesting and they were in pain. And I said, okay, who so was it? So he's three in the morning. Your husband says, I have a dream. Someone was manifesting. And you're like, I'm like, it's me. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's me. I'm casting out the you're demon. You're the one casting the he demon showed, out of him. Yeah. Cause I was really prideful. Yeah. And I was like, God's showing him that I'm slaying these demons. <laughs> so then what does he say? And in the quiet of the night, he goes, it's you. Wow. I felt fear thicker than like darkness in the room. And I just humbly shut my mouth. Wow. And I just like try to go to sleep and I go to sleep. The day, the next day is the day that my deliverance happens. And wow. I don't even know it's going to happen. So when she, when, when the woman holds the Bible, she holds it to my rib cage. Super gentle. Wasn't pushing me. Nothing. She puts it to my rib cage. And Isaiah, I mean, I don't want to get out of the computer screen here, but I start melting to the ground and I'm going, ow, ow, ow. And I, I wasn't in pain. Like Marcella wasn't in pain but the demons were screaming the same mm. thing that my husband had in his dream. And I remember Isaiah that um, the, the Bible felt like a big chunk of gold. Like, you know, those like big, I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen them. And no matter what strength I had in my body, I couldn't push back on it. Mm. There was nothing in me, not a fiber of my being could push back on the Bible. Wow. And, and it melted me all the way down to the gr ground where I was face flat on, on the ground for the rest of my deliverance. And so I wrote that in my, I literally have it in my phone because I was like, I never want to forget what that Bible felt like wow. on my back. Because when you witness that, like, you know, then you read Leviticus and you're like, I don't care what I don't understand. Yeah. He's God. Yeah. 
That's good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore what I do and don't understand. He's God and he can do anything, all things, right? Like it, it's a sobering, easy, childlike when you experience something like that. Yes. But also just kind of going back to like um, being raised Catholic, I want to kind of circle back yeah. on that. You know, I did cry out to Mary when I was uh, vomiting and I was at the end of my brink because I couldn't continue because nothing was happening. Mm. I lost my gag reflex. I remember Isaiah, I went into my hallway and I cried out and I was so tired. This was before I came to church. I think I was like kind of entertaining the interest of it, definitely recovering. And I cried out and I said, Mary, Jesus, God, I, we prayed to like Joseph, you know, okay. we prayed to different saints. I honestly, I joke about it. And I'm like, I probably threw Buddha in there. You're just calling everybody. I was so desperate. I, w- I even got a tattoo on my wrist and it says fighter. Wow. Is that this? And has an eating disorder symbol because I wanted to recover. Mm. I was trying so hard to recover with everything in me and I couldn't. So when I was crying out, I, I had faith that someone was going to hear me. Mm. I just didn't know who was going to answer. And literally in that season is where I found the awakening. Wow. Yeah. And so I, I, I think of it this way, like, you know, you cry out to God and the only one that answers is Jesus. Mm. No one else answers. Come on. When you're going through that and it's literally life or death, people cry out to Jesus. There's only Jesus comes. You can, you know, your whole life, you can worship all these things and you might feel things and experience things. But when it's life or death and you cry out to God, there's only one that comes. So good. And I remember Pastor Jaden did a sermon recently about it. And he said, like, you know, someone standing on an island, you don't want to receive Jesus. This Jesus comes by on a boat. He reaches out his hand and you're like, why do I have to choose you? Why do I have to pick you? Right. The the person saying that to Jesus and Pastor Jaden says, because and then, you know, that Jesus says, because I'm the only one coming. Ooh, I felt that. Wow. I wept. We have four services at Lifesong. It was like the first service that I heard that. I was in the hallway and my body was like leaning against the wall. I couldn't move my body. Like I'm pretty sure I was like trying to fight. Like just, I couldn't get up because I realized that he was talking about the man that saved my life. Mm. Because a lot of people, you know, they might read the Bible and then they learn about Jesus. I learned about Jesus because he saved my life. Come on. So now when I'm reading the Bible, I'm learning about a man that saved me. Come on. You know? And so it's like, I don't know all the answers. And so when I'm reading stuff, I'm like, I don't know. All like I know that is that he saved me. Said, when did, how did it happen? He kept, after like two or three times, they questioned his parents. He was like, all I know is I was blind and now I see. That's they were all I asking know. theological questions. Is he the savior? Did he claim to be the Messiah? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know the theology. I just I know, know I was blind yeah. and now I see. And I think yeah. so many people get stuck in the theology of it. Or what is the doctrine? Or how could a Christian have a demon? Could they yeah. not have a demon? How could the Holy Spirit live in the, and all this theology and mm-hmm. these doctrines? But at the end of the day, it's like, dude, I don't know. Yeah. I just know I was demonized. Like you are really, really dying. Yeah. And God came and delivered you. And this is... Hearing your story, it makes my heart break for all the pastors out there that always preach about, you don't need deliverance, deliverance isn't for today, you don't need it. All I could think about to these pastors is they're out of touch. They're Mm -hmm. out of touch with the real hurting, broken people that are right now in pain watching this, what you went through. Imagine you go to a church where the pastor's like, well, you don't need to get deliverance. You would have just lived your life, medication, and there's people, 4,000 people on here, a lot of them are going through that not realizing mm-hmm. you got saved, yep. God changed your life, but there was an element of 
getting that deliverance. Yeah. Your husband's saying, I had a dream. Yeah. And you're like, oh, was I casting on demons? He's like, no, you were actually the one getting delivered. Yep. And the next day you get delivered yeah. and here you are worship leading, running yeah. the deliverance map. I do want to say podcast. that um, when I was driving home that night after the three and a half hour deliverance, Isaiah, and I say this with all humility because I honor all past. I, I wouldn't, I don't know what it's like to be a pastor, yeah. right? Like I know that that's a lot of pressure. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, be rude in any way, but I had heard a pastor and it wasn't you uh, say that Christians couldn't have demons. Yeah. And it was a one that I looked up to, you know? And I remember driving home that night and I asked myself like, am I even a Christian? Mm. And I say, I gave my whole life up. Yeah. Like when we were at the awakening, it was like, it was like, you're fire hot yeah. or you're just, or you're not. Yeah. Like, or you're like, not and you're not coming. <laughs> you're fire hot or you're not. Like, you know, you're a saint or you ain't. Like, it's really, yeah. really, really, it was really clear. It was really clear if we were following Jesus or we weren't. And a lot of people didn't do well with that because like Jesus says, count the cost, Yeah, you know? And that's really brutal for some people, but Jesus says to count the cost. And at the awakening, we were always ch challenged to count the cost, yeah. you know? And so anyways. Um, Which is crazy. I want to touch on what you said. Yeah. You said, you you heard a pastor say Christians can't have demons, mm -hmm. so you doubted your salvation. I doubted my salvation. And this is so to me sad how yeah. in America or around the world you you need deliverance, you need freedom, you have a demon as a Christian. You go to your pastor, who's supposed to be the one fighting for you, yep. praying for you. The the I'm not a hireling. I'm the sh true yeah. shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep. Yeah. John ten. I, I'm not going to run from the wolf. I'm fighting the wolf. And you come to your pastor, you say, pastor, I've dealt with this when I was a kid, like everything you've went through. Yeah. And then the pastor goes, well, maybe you're not saved. Like that's because you don't believe, because most pastors don't believe Christians get out of demons. So they would say, oh well, you gosh. must not be a Christian. So now mm -hmm. instead of attacking the demon, you, atta you attack my salvation. Go ahead. Now the devil's not the problem. I'm so grateful I didn't go to a different church. It's like now I, would, I would probably not be a Christian. It's like now the devil's not the problem. Instead yep. of putting him on the, on the stand saying, okay, let's question this demon. I'm on the stand. Now I'm not That's a Christian. That's so sad. And I have friends that are preachers that they literally preach if you have a if you manifest a demon, you're not a true Christian. That is so sad. Because a Christian can't have a demon. Well, here's what I struggled with, crazy. Isaiah, is that I literally was living a life that was like pure, like before yeah. God. I yeah. really love the Lord. Like, and you know, we went to church together. So you saw me. I mean, yeah. we were always together because we always had prayer. Like we, yeah. you know, I think we were always together. Our, yeah. our whole church was always together. Uh we did you know, baby showers together, yeah. weddings together. Everything. And, um, it really, I, I, this is honestly, I'm being very honest about what I asked myself. And so pastors that are, I do hopefully by the grace of God, watch this, this is what you're doing to somebody yes. that I literally, I said to myself, well, then what more do I have to do to become a Christian? Mm. And if it is, then I don't know if I could do it. Cause I literally have done everything I've mm. done. I've given up my whole life. I, I, you would always preach, do not look back. I did not look back. I probably have cheer friends on here that when I left out of the world, Isaiah, I left. They probably thought I died. Wow. I did not look back. I took what you, you said. You literally did die. I did die. Yeah. I, I literally did die and was yeah. born again. But it took a pastor. And I'm not saying that, I mean, you are a good friend of mine. You are definitely a trumpet in my life. But I really took what you said literally. Yeah. Like when you would speak at the pulpit, I took it as if it was coming from the mouth, mouth of God. And it was a word of God. Yeah. But you would say, you know, don't go back. Don't look back. There's nothing to go back to. I believed you. I took you out. I'm like, there's nothing to go back to. I left all of that. And I've never looked back once. Mm. If anything, people from the past come and they get yeah. saved, yeah. you know? But um, I, at, at that time with the whole like, am I a Christian? Am I not a Christian? There was nothing more that I could have done, Isaiah. I was really, truly living a life before God. Yeah. So it's not like you could even challenge. I, I believed by faith. 
you know, and grace yeah. that I was saved. But not only that, I was on an on-fire church. I was serving in my church. I loved my church. I honored my church. So you you say that to somebody like that with that kind of past, and it's like, well, what hope is there for me to be a Christian? Yeah. So it's like, that just doesn't make sense that Christians can't have demons. I was three years into my salvation when I got set free. Wow. Yeah. Three years. Three years. God delivered you. And God you delivered free. me. Yeah. And I, even one point, I shared this with you guys before, when I got God, and, and God even delivered me when I wasn't with a person. Mm. So one time, and I shared this with him before, but I want to share it with the stream. Uh, Nico and Isaiah, they did worship. We all did worship together. And you know, when in the summertime, it's hot in Manteca. And I remember you strolling into church. You know, you're, you're not always the serious, like, you know, you're, you're a funny dude. You know, yeah, you're like, a, you know, posting some funny clips. You're just like, like a, oh, you're a normal person. He's a normal person that, you know, wears cut off tank tops and <laughs> drinks energy did. drinks. Did. Yeah. So did. you're coming in and you're coming in, you know, drinking so an energy worship drink. Practice? Worship practice. Okay. Uh, and Nico's there, and Nico's, I don't know if you guys know him, but he's super funny. Their whole family, I told them they need to be on the stream together because they're hilarious. Like, Cherish is like, she should be a stand-up comedian. Like, so Our funny. Our family is funny. So funny. So um, you guys were joking around with each other, and I got so mad. Wow. Like, I wanted you to come in the church, like, singing hymns. Mm, super religious in. spirit. Yeah. I didn't know that at the time, but I was like mad that you weren't reading the Bible and like reciting scriptures. Wow. Yeah. And I felt so, I was so mad at you. This is before you got this delivered. Bef yes. Before I got delivered. Like well, I think it was like after my major deliverance, but more happened after my major deliverance. Yeah. So I go to bed that night and I remember rehearsing one John one nine. I didn't even know I memorized it and I was rehearsing it, rehearsing it. If we confess our sins to you, you're faithful and just to cleanse of, uh, cleanse of our righteousness, forgive us from our sins. I woke up the next morning, went to GNC, doing the till, totally normal, bend over, vomit, lift up my head, and I'm like, what was that? Straight up just delivered. Wow. Yeah, from that like lack of joy. I wow. really feel like it was like a lack of joy. Yeah. I don't know what kind of demon that would be. Yeah. I don't know, but lack of joy. Religion, spirit of religion. Reli yeah, spirit of religion. But then kind of fast forward, you know, if Christians can't have demons, go back to, you know, 2021. And I, we actually parted, went to it, not parted, we, we went a different route, yeah. went to Lifesong which is super funny. I just have to say, when I saw coffee machines in a green room for the first time, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> because Isaiah at the awakening, like our goal was to be as uncomfortable as possible. Like in the prayer rooms, we would remove furniture just to pray. Yeah. You know, like get uncomfortable. So Isaiah would come back from like all these like churches and he'd be like in the green room. And oh, yeah, they have a coffee machine and da, da, da. And we don't have coffee machines. You know, we don't have a green room. We have a hallway. Like yeah. well, the worship team's like standing in the hallway before church starts. And we're like, yeah. can, we do, can we go out now? So you talk about green rooms and all these people, you know, like not, not saying bad things, but sometimes people are in the church, you yeah. know, but they're not in Christ. And so you just would, I, that's all I would hear about coffees and green rooms. I walk into Life Song that's like, in my eyes, a mega church, right? Yeah. I don't know them, by the way. I don't know a life song yet at the, at, at the, at the time. And they're all watching, by the way. So I walk in, right? I walk in. No pressure. <laughs> I see a coffee machine and I'm like, I'm here to die. <laughs> like, I literally thought that I was going to die in like Hilarious. church religion and then, you know, ends up being complete revival. And yeah. God totally knew what he was doing. Now you're a worship leader there. And now I'm a worship leader there. And I even remember, I didn't know you were going to be there at the service. But um, I was in the um, audience and I, I would get wrecked during the worship services there. I wasn't planning on making it my home church. Yeah. I was just like attending because Kelly Hale, shout out to Kelly Hale and Kelly RJ. Kelly the evangelist got Man, us there too. she really We're is. There she really Kelly is. Hale, we love you. Um, we stayed for Jesus. We came for Kelly and stayed came for, for Kelly, Jesus. Came for Kelly. You know, came for, came for the Easter service. Yeah. But um, so I remember the Holy Spirit saying, weep a season past. Mm. And I want to just kind of minister to people that maybe you're in the church and God's moving you in a new direction or whatever. Good. 
And, um, you know, I loved the awakening, yeah. you know, Nino was like such a pivotal person in my life as a worship leader. He yeah. said this to me. I remember talking to him about my insecurities as a worship leader. And he said, Miha, I didn't put you up there. The Lord did. Mm. And that put the fear of God in me as a worship leader. But letting go of that season was really hard. I wanted yeah. to hold on to all of the. It was like a death for everybody. It was. A, it really was. But I heard the Holy Spirit. Like I stayed close to him the whole time. And he said, weep a season past. Mm. And I was like, what? And he's like, it's okay. You can cry. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I was weeping, right? And I'm like, am I just going to die in religion? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, because I was used to like fire, revival, altar calls, you know, all the things. And I look over to my left and I see you and the family. And I just feel the Lord. And I heard the Lord say like, I'm here. Wow. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm doing a new thing. Wow. And I was like, okay, I'm all in. I, I'm all Amazing. in. Like if you're here, then I'm all in. And then they asked me to lead worship, all the things. But I do want to kind of also go to this. Worship, deliverance didn't just happen that one time. Mm. Um, I actually in 2021, and I want to be super open about my testimony because there might be other people out there. Yeah. I'm not afraid to throw myself under the bus because it's like, what do I have to lose? Yeah. Right? Like, what pride to salvage? I, what pride to salvage? We share all our testimony. It's like, who cares? Who cares, right? So, um, and, and that's just the beautiful thing about being a Christian is you don't have to lie about your life. You don't have to hide anything, right? You're alive in Christ. You're made new in Christ. There's no shame, any of that. So yep. I share this from a place of absolute victory. But I was in the green room and I don't know if anyone knows Pastor James, but he's like, he wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah. Like he's the nicest guy. I totally. Our I pastor's make, literally the nicest guy you'll I, ever I meet. I make the funniest joke ever. And I tell people that he reminds me of Mr. Rogers. Like <laughs> he's very, be my neighbor. Very like nice. he's just like the coolest, nicest guy. You've been a wife's guy. on, you are like, yes, Pastor he's the James best. is super He is amazing. the best. Yes. Awesome. That's one of the reasons why we go there too, but go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. And so I'm sitting across from him. And the door closes in the green room. And all of a sudden, Isaiah, I feel massive anxiety. Mm. And I'm like, I know I'm in a safe place. Like, I know him. And I start feeling major feelings of perversion. Mm. I'm leading on his on the platform. Yeah. Like, I'm, I've been leading worship for how many years now? So, And you're telling me a Christian can't have a demon. Yeah. Well, what would happen, Isaiah, if I believed Christians couldn't have demons? Would I just live like that forever? Wow. Would I just be around men of God and have perverted thoughts forever? I wouldn't mm. be able to sit here wow. without trying to dodge those thoughts. And that's what life was like. Yeah. So I knew I was like, I have to, I have to, I have to go in for deliverance again. So even if you're a leader and you're on fire for God, so it doesn't make you any less on fire for God. If anything, you're getting closer to God. And he's like, all right, let's get all of it out. You yeah. know, let's, so I feel like a lot of people have a connotation of shame. Like, oh, you need deliverance because you're from the street or you're from the world. I've been saved six years, seven years now. And this was, you know, a year ago. So yeah. saved six years, you know, loving the Lord fully. And I, I just feel like it's so dangerous to say that to people yeah. because then people by shame, because they love the Lord and they yeah. don't want to embarrass their family or whatever, having demons. But I knew better because I was already ministering in deliverance. I'm like, I'm getting the freedom. Yeah. I'm not playing around. Like yeah. I'm going to sit in front of this man of God. And I'm going to feel safe in front of him. Yeah. So I went after it and lo and behold, I actually never really dealt with the molestation. Yeah. So I talked about it kind of in the foreword of this testimony, but I really didn't start dealing with it until the more mature time of my salvation. Which is where that, like you were saying, the perversion stuff stems from. Yeah. And people have that, even people yeah. watching, they've been through one deliverance and they're dealing with that and they're like, well, I already was delivered, but you may not have been delivered from everything. Yeah. You may, you may still have something there and that's a telltale right. sign. I tell people if you're having, that's why I know I needed deliverance. I oh, was having wow. the most perverted, bizarre. And when I say perverted, I don't mean just like normal. I mean like bizarre to where I was like, this has to be a spirit. There's wow. no, I couldn't even think of how disgusting these thoughts are in my head. 
that's how I knew, okay, I need to get, and then as I was sharing my faith, I was mm -hmm. feeling something growling out of me. Mm -hmm. I was feeling something tightening my chest and my yeah. jaw, same thing. Yeah. And But I knew, I was like, these thoughts are not mine. There's only three voices. There's the Holy Spirit, there's a demonic spirit, and there's my own human spirit. Mm -hmm. So if my human spirit's not making these thoughts, doesn't yeah. want these thoughts, the Holy Spirit's not gonna give me a perverted, crazy thought. And yeah. again, we're talking about this because there's ton of, tons of you dealing with this. And then I'm thinking, okay, then there must be a demonic spirit there giving yeah. me these perverted thoughts, these perverted desires. So yeah. and I think if that, you're going through that, man. Yeah, I think free. that when you are going through that and you don't have people giving this type of conversation, that's why, you know, Vlad, you Mike, this you guys all being out there and people are like, oh, they're talking about it too much. It's like, you guys are saving people's lives because people are in church and they're having these thoughts Yeah, and they're super ashamed. Yep. And a lot of these people have platforms. Yeah. I had, I mean, Isaiah, people are just like, oh, you're, you know, they are even just so kind. They'll be like, oh, you're my favorite worship leader. You know, just like being super sweet and stuff. I can only imagine what hearing all that, right? And then going home and feeling all the trash that I was feeling. Yeah. And feeling like it was always going to be that way. Isaiah, I couldn't imagine living like that. Yeah. I, you know, we hear of the tragedies that happen to people, you know, leaders and stuff that take their life. And it's like, this is not normal yeah. for you to have thoughts that you, it would be better if you ended it, that, you know, you're worthless, you're disgusting. You throw up, when you, you yourself, When you hear yourself. those things, when we say them, they sound crazy. Yeah. Like if you say it out loud, we're like, what? Yeah. But when you're hearing them, it sounds so close. Yeah. And, and because you aren't getting the language of these are demons, you're super ashamed that you're even feeling that way. Mm, yep. And so you don't say anything. Yeah, absolutely. And then you keep going for prayer. You keep going for prayer. You keep going for prayer. People are praying for you. Nothing's happening. You're not you getting better. You just need to be a better Christian. And, Maybe you're not and really And then a there's even more shame. Yeah. And so, so what? Where do you go with that from that? So I feel like, I feel like God's just like, I've had it. Like we're not, you know, I can only imagine how his heart breaks that we're not talking about deliverance, yeah. that we're not giving people an option of a way out because when people are born again, you're really born again. Yeah. Like a new, my whole life, new life. I mean, yes, I like listened to the word and I stuck to the word. There's nothing to go back to, but God, like how we talked about high school and stuff. I say, I couldn't count before I got saved. So what do mm. I mean by that? I couldn't count money, like numbers to me. Like when you're demonized, when there's specific demons on board, you can't think. Yeah. So if you were to say, Marcel, I'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Isaiah, I mean this. I'm, I'm being honest before the Lord. I couldn't compute what 4 p.m. tomorrow would even be like. Wow. Like like time. Yeah. Like, okay, so we're going through the night. We're going through the morning. 4 p.m. is in the afternoon. Isaiah, I couldn't wow. compute time. I couldn't count 20% off of $200. Blank. Blank. I was going into nursing school, right? In salvation. I still needed deliverance, right? This is like after deliverance, my mind's brilliant. I do podcasts, I do yeah. photography. People are like, how do you do all these things? I'm like, cause my mind is made new and it's whole wow. and it's, it's not wounded. So, but you know, prior to you'd bring up numbers, I'd black out immediately. Couldn't, and I thought I was stupid. Wow. And people believe that. They think that they're stupid because they can't think. You probably and no have one a would demon ever think it. This is why we're talking about this. This is so important. No one would ever think, oh, that's a demon right. causing me to be lose track of time. Or like we hear this all the time. I yeah. have a spirit, a spirit of confusion. It's like people say, I don't know what time it is. I lose track of time. It's kind of like two hours goes by. It feels like 15 minutes yep. or three hours go three yep. minutes goes by. It feels like two hours. Mm -hmm. These are unclean spirits that are causing all of these things in our yep. life. And people think it's normal and it's not normal to be that way. Not normal. And, and, and another thing is like very important is demons are personalities. Mm. So like a spirit of anger is literally the personality of anger. Right. De demons are disembodied 
people, disembodied spirits. So like for uh, Ephesians chapter six, the new living Bible says persons without bodies. So mm. our, it says this, our wrestle is not against merely flesh and blood or that Greek would be like persons with bodies, but persons oh. without bodies. So if you start wow. thinking of demons wow. as these are actual persons, not people mm -hmm. as like, I, like we are like um, uniquely made, but these are persons, personalities that wow. don't have physical bodies, but they're still persons. Wow. So when we're talking about like demons, anger, depression, anxiety, perfection, mm -hmm. religion, confusion, Jezebel. People say, well, how could you have Jezebel? And then she had Jezebel. Well, the, the spirit named Jezebel, that's mm -hmm. the spirit's personality. Mm -hmm. It's not like there's one demon of Jezebel. Right. It's the personality of the spirit. Mm -hmm. So people have like, let's say, you're watching this, you have a spirit of like hatred or a spirit of suicide or a spirit of anger. Like that spirit is causing you to be that way because mm -hmm. it's inner it's intertwining mm -hmm. with your personality. But the mm -hmm. thing is, the demon is not going to go, oh, hold on, by the way, I'm the spirit of depression. Here right, I am. Because right. it knows you're just going to look up how to get a spirit out of me. So these right. spirits make you think that it, you, it's you. It's you. It's you. And, and that's why it's you hate yourself so much. their voice sounds like your voice. Yep. So now you hate the demon, mm -hmm. but you don't know there's a demon. Right. So you, instead, you hate yourself. Right. So you're taking that hatred that should be going towards the demon, going like, man, I hate these demons. Yep. But you're going, oh, this is just me. So yep. this is why... When people manifest, like tonight, people are going to ma are manifesting. They're going like, mm -hmm. oh, why do I feel so angry? And why am I manifesting? Mm -hmm. And why in your church service, I had a demon screaming out of me. I had a lady come up and talk to me. She's like, yeah, I've been through deliverance. And as we're talking, she starts manifesting. And she starts wow. twitching and she starts growling and she's full of manifesting. Mm -hmm. And she starts crying. I'm afraid. What's happening? I feel something. I told her, listen, this is beautiful. Yes. And she said this to me, how could this be beautiful? Mm -hmm. I'm growling. I'm angry. I'm A voice is telling me to kill you as I'm mm -hmm. talking to her after yep. a service. I said, because now we know it's there. There we go. Now we know it's there. We can yeah. take care of it because the, there's a reason why every army uses camouflage. Like wow. no one goes to battle wearing neon, wow. right? Have you ever seen a, a soldier go with like, Here a, I am. like, yeah, like neon pink signs and <laughs> hey, like pink, Come uh, get me. a pink outfit. No one, mm -hmm. no soldier has ever done that. Every army utilizes camouflage wow. because there's wow. power in remaining undetected. Mm -hmm. There's literal power in being undetected. Yeah. So the devil camouflages himself the worst thing that could ever happen is him to make you think for you to think he's real or for us right now to expose That's him it. and him manifest. Yep. So it's like, man, now I know he's there. And so the devil, unfortunately, mm -hmm. has used pastors and leaders yeah. to hide himself. Like, imagine saying oh, the devil. My imagine gosh. a pastor being like the devil. These are all unbiblical statements, by the way. But a pastor gets up and says the devil has no power. The devil can't mess with Christians. The devil can't attack Christians. In my mind, I'm going like, why would he attack the world? The yeah. devil already owns the world. Yeah. He's the God of this world. So yeah. of course he wants to attack Christians. Mm -hmm. Of course he wants to. Like, if you don't believe the devil could attack Christians, go read the book of Acts. He literally killed Christians. Mm -hmm. The devil was using the religious people to kill Christians. That's a whole nother wow. sermon. But my point is, pastors are propagating this message that the devil's weak. The devil has no power. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. You read the Bible and the Bible says the devil's the god of this world. Mm -hmm. The Bible says he's the prince of the power of the air. The mm -hmm. Bible says he's the prince of demons. Peter says wow. he's like this. This is what Peter says. He's like this roaring, li roaring right, lion right. looking to devour somebody. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mm -hmm. Peter says he's this lion trying to devour people. Jesus says he's the prince of the power of the air. He's the prince of demons. This is the god of the underworld, the world would call him. And mm -hmm. then pastors say the devil has no power. Mm -hmm. The devil's... Uh, has no authority mm -mm. he can't do anything 
And if we come and say the opposite, which what the Bible says, mm -hmm. we, oh, you're empowering the devil, Isaiah. Mm -mm. You're empowering. No, we're being real. And we're going, these spirits, guys, you need yeah. to hear me when I say this. These spirits have been here for thousands of years mm -hmm. and our little coffee shop Starbucks Jesus mm -hmm. is not going to overthrow them. So we have to get out mm -hmm. of this. I wish, I wish that the devil had no power. I wish that the yeah. devil just couldn't right? mess with anyone. Dude. Wouldn't that just be the way we would be amazing? Yeah. But the reality is there's a real devil who the Bible says is the enemy of our soul. He's our adversary. So we're, we're, we're fighting against him. God's already defeated the devil. The devil in the sense of Jesus has been defeated. So his power and his authority, all that wow. Jesus has defeated him. But Jesus said, it is finished. Jesus didn't say you're finished. Come on. Jesus finished his Come job. On. But now we yeah. are at war against the power of darkness. Right. And, that, and the Bible says that. We right. are at war. You go all through the book of Acts, they're at war against the right. enemy. So this idea that the devil's like has no authority and he's in hell hiding in a corner mm -mm. somewhere. And, mm -mm. you know, we're, we preach all the time we're overcomers, but we don't live like that. Like, how are we going to get there and preach? We're overcomers. The devil has no power. And then these same pastors right. are going and dating a girl yep. they met at the park. Right. These right. same pastors are watching pornography, yet they're oh, preaching the devil has no power. It's like, man, we are in delusion. Yeah. But but God is raising up mm -hmm. an army. God is raising up he people is, that are is. like, we're not afraid and of the know, enemy. We're Isaiah, not afraid of darkness. The, the, the whole thing is, too, is, is um, perishing from a lack of knowledge. Yes. Because what we start learning about in the supernatural is we start learning like the open doors. We yep. start learning how the enemy comes in. Not only does he have power, but there's access points. Yes. How can you be an overcoming Christian if you don't even know where the enemy is coming in from? Yes. Like, can you explain that to me? That's like, what kind of warfare strategy is that? Yeah. Right. So you, you know where the enemy is coming from. You look at blueprints of war. It's like, where are the attacks coming from? Where's where can the they intel? come? Where are they going to come breach things? Right. That is like a simple tactic of warfare, spiritual warfare. What, what if that's not happening, if there's no access point for something to come in to breach something, then what is spiritual warfare then? Yeah. Right. And even so, your childhood, like, so the trauma you went through. Right. Most people think they get a spirit, which again, it, it, think about it as a person without a body comes mm -hmm. and lives in you. Matthew 12, Jesus said they live in you. Right. Spirits call you their home. So right, they come right. as a personality. It's like, imagine you have this angry, bitter friend that's just always angry, always bitter terrible personality and that friend comes and lives in you and now you become like your friend that's what mm. spirits are they're literally persons without bodies that's why they yeah. come and say my name's so-and-so i'm there's literally right. spirits with names of people right so right. the spirit without a body comes and lives inside of you and people live their life with another person in them and mm -hmm. then some it gets mm -hmm. way worse because they have 10 they mm -hmm. have 20 yeah they mm -hmm. have 30 i and you had multiple i mm -hmm. had i had i think 11 or 12 mm -hmm. different personalities yep. living in me. So one time I'm lustful, the other time I'm angry, the other time I'm shameful, the other time I'm bitter, the other time I'm all these per and no wonder we're exhausted. Yep. No wonder we live our lives exhausted because yeah. we're we're managing 10 different people it in is us. It's very exhausting. 15, 15 different yeah. people and then we go to the doctor and yep. God bless every doctor, every nurse, we bless you. We love what what you're doing. We appreciate right. you. But you do what you do, we do what we do. Mm -hmm. Like you can only take people so far. If it's medical, praise the Lord for right, you. Right. But we deal with we don't deal with the medical. We deal with, with the spiritual. spiritual. We deal yep. with a realm that can't be seen with a naked yep. eye and can't be diagnosed with some test tube or some mm -hmm. you know formula or mm -hmm. let's scan your brain. And so we're dealing with things. So how do we deal with these personalities mm -hmm. in people? Think about this. How crazy this is. Medication won't do anything. It'll just quiet them down. Mm -hmm. It'll just numb you. Yeah. So medication can't do it. So we know doctors can't deal with it. If it is yeah. a demon, a doctor right. can't deal with it. Right. Our family does can't. people can't deal with it. I can't do anything about your demons. I right. can't do anything about... There's no way. I can't make a way for you to go from being cutting and depressed to now free. Right. And, 
So then Jesus comes and goes, for all of history, people have been living with these spirits. Yeah. In the Old Testament, Jesus brought them out of bondage. In the New Testament, Jesus brings the bondage out Come of them. Come on, that's comes good. And says, that's for so thousands good. of years, you've just had to live with this, but wow. I'm actually going to do something about it. So Mark yeah. 1, Jesus is preaching. A man's in the synagogue, synagogue, not outside, not some, God bless all of you, but some drug addict on the corner. Right. There's a man in the synagogue pursuing the 630 plus laws, trying to live Living righteous. way holier than we are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People say like, oh, Christian can have a demon. I'm like, dude, trust me, the Pharisees yeah. live way holier than you. Right. Like they were right. in the synagogue. Jesus starts getting up and teaching. And this man in the synagogue starts screaming out. And a demon starts speaking out of him saying, what do you want? We hate mm -hmm. you. Son of, crying out. Son of God, son of God, declaring his divinity, right. and everyone's freaking out. Jesus tells the demon to shut up because Jesus doesn't want the demon to reveal to him before yeah. other people. Right. Jesus delivers the man, and then this is what everyone says, which people are going to say. Well, our chat, not in our chat, but in other channels, yeah, they say, "What new teaching is this? Like this must be some new wow. doctrine because we're so far from wow. biblical Christianity mm -hmm. that now people think this is some new doctrine. Wow. So Jesus casts the demon out of the man, come out of him, right? Mm -hmm. Shut up, come out of him. Right. The demon comes out of the man. And then Mark 139 says something. It's one verse, but it's one verse that encapsulates a thousand testimonies. And the mm -hmm. one verse is Jesus went from synagogue to synagogue, casting out demons. How many demons? How many synagogues? Mm -hmm. How many, how long was it a month? So was it two good. months? Was it a thousand demons? Did a thousand, we don't know, but we know there was a thousand testimonies in wow. one verse. Wow. So because it was only one verse, pastors are like, oh, it's no big deal. It's like, mm. hold on, you missed Mark 139. Jesus went from synagogue, synagogue to, synagogue. to synagogue. So where was he doing it at? Was it? And, the, and there is a place for, but he was in the, and now most people argue, well, there wasn't a modern day church. These were modern day churches. Yeah. These were the God people right. that served them. Right. And then Matthew 23, right. Jesus looked at these same guys and goes, you guys are children of the devil because you've denied me. Right. You've, and right. then he's casting scary demons thing. and they're calling Jesus the a devil. Right. They say, oh, you're full of a demon now. That even makes sense. And Jesus is like, how could Satan cast out Satan? So all of that to mm -hmm. say, we massively need mm -hmm. the deliverance map. Yeah. Massively. We massively need to talk mm -hmm. about deliverance. Yeah. And I've gotten under the pressure of like, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about it so no. much. And maybe I, that's the devil. That is the devil. The only person that hates deliverance is religious people and the religious devil. Religious people and the demon, but absolutely. And, and again, I had a guy today post a TikTok video, a five second TikTok video of me from a one hour sermon about deliverance uh -huh. saying like, we all should be casting on demons. Yeah. And he was basically like, you don't have to do this. So I posted on his comments, I said, Matthew 10, Jesus commanded the 12 to cast out devils. Yeah. Luke 10, Jesus commands the 72. And so my, my, answer, my question was, what else did Jesus tell the disciples to do that we shouldn't do anymore? Wow. Because he commanded them to do it, right. but now you're telling me we don't need to do it. So it's very dangerous, this whole religious doctrine mm -hmm. of miracles aren't for today, mm -hmm. deliverance isn't for today. Your preaching is literally mm -hmm. keeping people in bondage. Yeah. And this, is what, this yeah. was the indictment Jesus had on the Pharisees. You're constantly harassing yes. me because I'm trying to cast out devils. Mm -hmm. You're constantly telling me I'm the devil. I'm a demon. I'm a heretic. Mm -hmm. I'm a false teacher. They literally called Jesus a cult leader. And Jesus is like, and what what did I, what have I done but heal a blind man on the Sabbath? Wow. This is what Jesus told right, them. Right, he right, goes, right. what have I done but a lady that had an issue of blood? And mm -hmm. you're mad at me? He said, but mm -hmm. you untie your donkey? Luke 13. He says, right? you untie your donkey on the Sabbath? On the Sabbath? But you're mad at me that I untied a Set woman that's free. been bound for 18 mm -hmm. years to a demon? So mm -hmm. it's it's demonic. 
these mm-hmm. religious leaders that are propagating this message that deliverance isn't for today, mm-hmm. they are being fueled by the devil. Mm-hmm. They are work. They are being. Yeah. They don't know it. They're not. Mm-hmm. The devil's not come out and say, "Oh, by the way, right. I'm, I'm working in you." Right. But the devil's using them, right. just like the devil spoke through Peter and Jesus right. said, "Satan, get behind me." You're doing. Mm-hmm. You're saying what you said. What you're saying sounds good. Right. right. You don't want me to die, but you're going against my plan. Right. And Jesus's plan is that every single person would have the testimony sh- that Marcella yeah. has. I was lost, but now I'm found. And I think the thing that challenges people is you get born again, you get saved, and they say that the Holy Spirit can't dwell. I know the whole theology, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But like just taking like real life example, I definitely was filled with the Holy Spirit, born yeah. again, baptized. So then where did the demons go? Yeah. I clearly had them. Yeah. Right? They, where did where did they go? Yeah. Did, did I like poop them out? Yeah. Like, what, what? No, like they yeah. were still there. They need to be cast out. Jesus gives a manual. He gives yeah. us a direction for how to handle these. It's not like we're making something up on how to handle a problem. Yeah, he gives us the directive. It's cast them out. It's exorcism. Right. We call it deliverance in a biblical way. It would be exorcism, mm-hmm. right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's commanding demons to leave. The demons leave, but there's mm-hmm. no other prescription and for it. And I too it. think is like, we are so denying the world of just beautiful testimony of yes. the power of Christ. Because when you actually see someone like my life, like, so I tell my, I told my cousin, shout out to Gio. We love him so much. I told my cousin, you know, I'm straight up with my family. They saw my life completely change. I'll tell them super casually. Oh yeah. I run a deliverance map. You know, people get free, set free from demons. I cast demons out. And my cousins are like, they believe because they saw my life. Yes. And they're like, that is amazing. Yeah. You know, and then they see, you know, people like Nico, they see our lives for how many years now have we been walking this out? Right. So consistently. And they see the change in our lives. They don't just see the religion. They don't just see the fact that we say we're Christian. They see us showing up for their families. And they Mm. see us being consistent in our own families. They see us free. They see a girl that used to be, he was my powerlifting coach and my bikini model coach at one point. Yeah. So he saw the demonization. Yeah. He saw the darkness. And then now he sees salvation. And I'm so proud of him. But uh, long story short, it's like for him to see that, right. For him to see demons come out, for people to see these, uh, you know, videos and people are like, why do you do that? Is there no dignity? And it's like, maybe you want to go be religious and be offended, but there's a new ager out there that is finding peace in their chakras and crystals and meditation. Now they're getting demonized. They see someone get set free and they're like, hold on a minute. Maybe there's something to this Jesus and they get saved. They get radically saved. They start casting out demons. They start serving Jesus. So it reminds me of Jesus in the book of Luke where they're like, get out, Jesus. Herod's trying to kill you. And in my version, NLT, Jesus literally says, he's like, you tell that fox, Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep casting out demons. And I'm like, go, Jesus. Like He doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep setting my people free. Like you want to miss out on the power of God. You want to miss out on seeing people's lives transformed. Go ahead. You, well, you could go do that. It's but. like their negativity and unbelief didn't change the fact the guy that was born blind could now see. See, like that's your, amazing. Ne- your critics and the people that are criticize us or criticize yeah. deliverance or whatever, it has zero bearing on the fact that you no longer cut yourself. Yeah. You're no longer bulimic. You're no longer, you know, four hours vomiting every right. single day. You're no longer having perverted all these yeah. things that you went through. They're, ma- they're making a YouTube video saying, oh, deliverance isn't real, has zero bearing on I was bl- like blind yeah. and now I see. Yeah. So it's just crazy how people think that their unbelief is going to take things in or out of existence. Mm-hmm. The only thing it's going to do is keep you in the sta- in the mm-hmm. stands, keep mm-hmm. you as a spectator. And we've said this before, the loudest boos come from the cheapest yeah. seats. The people that talk the most are the people that do the Absolutely. least. The people that are the most cynical about deliverance are the ones that need it the most. So right. when you're cynical and angry about it, like what in you mm-hmm. is making you angry about other people getting Freedom. set free? 
but in but your savior, spirit. in your king, and it exalts him. It glorifies Jesus. It shows Jesus. him to be He's the, the most supreme. He's the one that gets credit for it when right. someone gets delivered. And, and I don't, I mean, I think that, I, I mean, okay, I'm just going to say this like for myself, realizing that you have demons, it takes a lot of humility. And I think that some people just don't want to humble themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a really, it's a place of humility where you do get free. Yep. And I think that some people, it challenges their haughtiness. Yep. And, and that's just unfortunate because there's a way better freedom where you don't have to have all that lack of joy. And like, yeah. you know, you could literally just be free and set people free. And it's Absolutely. amazing. And God can be glorified. People see signs and wonders and miracles and God's glorified. And yep. it's exactly what's happening at Lifesong. And that's, I'm so grateful that we have the ministry and the leaders that we do because they let God do what God yes. wants to do. And we have the whole city flocking to our church. Yep. Before Mike Signorelli came the weekend before that, we were so packed that in my mind, I was like, how are we even going to fit people when Mike comes? Crazy. Like, you know, now we're like overflow, overflow. And it's this, it's our city. Yep. Our city is seeing the fruit of free people. Yes. We're, you know, we're not giving them. And we're not in a destination city. We're in no. one of the, well, they say it's the murder capital of America. Yeah. Not a glorious destination city. People are like, why are you there? Yet there was over 3,000 people mm -hmm. on Sunday coming to the, couldn't get in mm -hmm. outside, crying out at the mm -hmm. altar, crying out. There's a hunger. What yeah. is the answer to a city that is the murder capital of America. Yeah. What is the answer? Right. Is the answer some watered down, lukewarm message of, oh, that's not for today? Come on, Isaiah. Or is the answer, we are going to come against every strategy, every plan, every contract of the enemy. Let's pr let's pray for the chat here, yeah. okay? As as we close out yeah. this, we want to pray for the chat and then we'll give you guys a chance if you want to sew into her ministry yeah. and then we'll hang out and talk and you could read some of the comments too and see what I do all the time. <laughs> I don't know, I know if I want to read the comments. No, I don't know no, how you, I don't know how you just, all positive. Be, I don't know it's how you, okay, positive. okay. So we manifest and we're going to pray. Father, we thank yeah. you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're moving right now. Lord, we pray right now over every single person watching this on the replay, on Spotify, on yes, Apple, Lord. on YouTube, wherever they're watching, we pray, Lord, your delivering power. Lord, your word says yes, it is God. the finger of God. It's the finger of God when deliverance yes, happens. Lord. So we pray, Lord, your finger would touch every single yes, listener Lord. that you'd bring healing You'd bring deliverance that every unclean spirit, yes. every unclean personality, yes, every power of darkness would be broken. Lord, have your way. Move yes, right now in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, do what only you can do. Every spirit of anger, every spirit of bitterness, every spirit of depression, every yes, spirit of infirmity, Lord. we call yes, you Lord. out now. You, these people are name. not your home. You have in no Jesus power. Name. You have no authority. We cancel your plans. We cancel your strategies. We cancel your assignments. In Jesus' name, we command you to come up and out now in Jesus' name. Every unclean spirit, every unclean personality, we command you to go now in Jesus' name. You have no power. You have no authority. The Lord rebukes you, Satan. We do not come in our authority. We come in the authority of Jesus. And we command just... Freedom to come right now in Jesus' name. We pray, Holy Spirit, you would deliver them tonight. You would fill them yes, with your Holy Spirit and yes, power. God. Lord, give them a hunger for your word. Yes, Maybe God. some of you aren't saved and you need to repent right now. Yes, repent of your sin. Yes, Turn to God. Yes. Say, Lord, I give you everything. I'm tired of my life the way it is. Yes. I look to the cross. I look to what you've done. I believe in the work you've done, Jesus. A real man died and three days later, the story wasn't over because he come rose on, again. Come on. And right now you have the a chance to turn to that Jesus, Acts 2.38 says, repent and be baptized. What do we do? The Bible says in the book of Acts, God commands all men everywhere to repent. There was a time where he overlooked our ignorance, but now book of Acts says, God requires every man everywhere to repent. So repent tonight, turn from your ways, change the way you think, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you right now. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Get free. Tonight is your night. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes, John the Baptist Lord. said, I come and baptize in water. 
One comes greater with a greater baptism, and that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. So tonight is your night. Tonight you can have breakthrough. Tonight you can have deliverance. Yes. Tonight you can have the start of a testimony. Saying it was that night. Mm -hmm. I was in my living room. I was Come in on. my bedroom. I was Come in my on. car. I was Come watching on. on a replay a month from now, and the Holy Spirit called my number, rang my doorbell, knocked on my door, and Come I on. said, Lord, here I am. I'm opening up to him. Don't be closed off. Don't let those spirits lie to you. Hearing voices, today is your day to get free. In Jesus name. Jesus name. And then we also have our deliverance map. If you need more. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.